For more than a decade, Saturdays and Illegal Curve have been synonymous with one another. With insight, analysis, and interviews regarding the Winnipeg Jets, the Manitoba Moose, and all around the NHL, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve Hockey Show starts now. When was the last time the five of us were all together? I'm, I honestly don't know. It's, a, it's, been, it's been a lot of years since the five of us were ever on a broadcast at the same time. I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Dave Manouk is in now in the top middle. Ezzy's in the top right. And our two special guests in the bottom row on the right-hand side, in the shadows, Richard Pollock, founder of Illegal Curve. And on the left, Michael Remus, previously of the R desk of Illegal Curve. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> We've gone way, way back to start this year, this 15th anniversary broadcast of the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, February the 4th, 2009, 15 years ago tomorrow, is the first time we took to the Winnipeg Airwaves. And God help us, this is what it sounded like. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. And to all those listening in on www.kick.fm, good evening, universe. <laughs> and welcome to the inaugural LegalCurve.com radio show. I'm your host, Drew. I want to stop it there for, because, I, I, first of all, it was the IllegalCurve.com radio show. So that should that's the shout-out to Dave, even though, Dave, uh, you know, you won't hear him in that clip. That's the shout-out to Dave. And I was so proud to be associated with this show that I refused to use my last name when introducing everybody. If you listen, you hear me say, I'm your host, Drew, and it's only then do I say... Joined in studio tonight by my usual band of co-conspirators. To the left of me, I have Richard Pollock. Richard, say good evening to the nice people. Good evening, everybody. To the right of me, Ezra Ginsberg. Ezzy, say good evening to the nice people. Hello, everybody. Hello, Red River audience. Let's go. This is awesome. There we go. Good intro from Ezzy there. <laughs> and that was the last time Ezzy had a good intro. I have a question. How could, in your, Drew, how could in your first show you have a usual band of cohorts? How could that even be if it was your first show? Dave, I didn't know what the hell we were doing. I mean, I think that was fairly evident that we that you know the, we had no clue really what we were doing. It's only been through trial and error and podcasts on Sunday mornings. Richard, you can speak to that. The Sunday morning podcast in Red River College basement that Ezzy uh, was able to grant us access for that uh, dark sort of days started. Oh, By the way, Drew, were... I forgot what you sounded like when you were going through puberty. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the first podcast? Um, I, I don't remember the first one. I remember right. I have vivid memories of some of the podcasts. Well, Did we have James Myrtle on, Richie? Yes, our first podcast. So in Drew's defense, the usual band of courts, I thought the same thing, Dave, because we haven't been on the air before, but we have been doing podcasts before that. But so our first podcast that we taped with an interview was with James Myrtle in the basement of Red River. And we had to upload it after we taped it. This was pre-Remus because we didn't know what we were doing. We had to upload it after we taped it. And it took so long to upload. We went to the Princess Grill for breakfast. That was where wow. Deer and Almond is now. As really, we're dating ourselves. We came back. It was finally completed. And then somehow we lost the entire interview. <laughs> what? I believe it was, was it Pro Tools? Remus would know that program. I'm pretty sure we used Pro Tools. And that's 100% accurate. I did not know, obviously, 
uh, how to how to record on Pro Tools. But yeah, shout out to James Myrtle of the Athletic, the first ever uh, guest. I think Patrick Sharp, right, Remo? I Although as he as he it was James Myrtle of the Globe and Mail, right, Rich? Yes, right. yes. And Patrick Sharp was our was a, a guest of ours on our second show on Kick FM. Uh, I had a friend in Ottawa who was from Thunder Bay who grew up with Patrick Sharp. Uh, shout out to my friend Stacy, and she uh, got in touch with Patrick and was nice, and he was nice enough to come on the show. Uh, that was the second ever episode on Kick FM, and again, I'm pretty sure we still had no clue what the hell we were doing. I'm not sure that we yet know what we're doing, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Fifteen years in, but uh, that was sort of the the origins, and you know, we we can't talk about those shows as he and and Rich without talking about Ezzy's drive to Red River College, Rich, and you can take do the honors on this one. Well, there's a few stories. I was thinking about this before I came on. Are you talking about the time where we were supposed to pick up Ezzy <laughs> and he didn't answer, might have slept in, so we, then we called him or texted him. These are before, like, really smartphones that we texted him. We're going to meet us in the studio. It's back in the this day when we were phones, Richie. Pre-taping, pre-taping podcast, right? So it didn't have a sp- specific start time. So Drew and I are driving down. This would be right around Red River. Don't do this at home, kids. Right around Red River. <laughs> and Drew and I are like, oh, where's Ezzy? Like, what time is he going to sh- show up? We're sitting at a stoplight at like, I don't remember the intersection. I think it was Notre Dame. And I, I forget what it was. Anyhow, Drew and I are sitting at a red light waiting for the light to turn green. We're just sitting there chatting, chit-chatting. Then we had a coffee. We look to our right, and this car just goes, whee, right by, right by. Right through the red light. Is that Drew? Is is that Ezzy? And he goes, I think it is. I think it is. I was like, well, the light's red. He said, it is red. That's why we're sitting here. So we go into Red River, and we're like, Ezzy. He's like, hey, boys, Ezzy, uh, why, what happened with that red light back there? What red light? <laughs> that was why. What red light? That <laughs> was it. It was right through the, like, it wasn't even, guys, like, in my defense, I was, I, we had like 10 minutes to go. I was trying to make the show on time. Obviously, I mean, that was not my best driving, but yes, I, I remember running that red light. Um, and it happened that you guys were parked at the intersection while it was happening. Uh, so, yes, there could have been a fatal car crash right before that day's show. Yes. Uh, but luckily there was no car crash and we were able to do that show. Uh, I just want to know, Reem, when are we getting that marble race going? What? No, I, I'm trying. I was actually just, you know, you pulled up that first episode. I was trying to pull up some of the first video episodes on Ustream.tv. Whoa, guys, I forgot you, about you. I forgot that we used to broadcast yes, on, yeah, on Ustream.tv. So Kick FM, that's how I started because Kick FM, their streaming stopped. That was before OnlyFans, right? That was like the yeah, original before, like, fans. You couldn't I think it was stream around it. chat roulette time. Yeah, it was wild time. So you couldn't stream anywhere. And I was like, oh, we'll do it on uh, Ustream, which isn't around anymore. And I like plugged it. I put two webcams on and plugged the headphones from you know the desk into my computer. And I made like I even made graphics. It was just thinking about this i don't even know if i have those shows i think they're just they're gone now on the internet but would that have been before youtube youtube was around but you just you couldn't stream on like you couldn't stream on any side i think live streaming on youtube only was in the last like 
four or five years. Okay. I remember. Like, I, I totally forgot about Ustream.tv until you just mentioned it, Remo. Yeah. Remus, that, Remus was a visionary. He was ahead of the curve. Let me see if I – and then I would, I would email the person at Ustream and be like, yeah, we got this hockey show here Wednesday night. Can you put us on the front page? And they did. Uh, and then that's how some people found us. Uh, it's not, not sure any of those people were in Winnipeg, mind you, but they were no, more people and they found they us. Well, I think the Coyotes was a big thing around then. Maybe people in hockey were interested. It's funny how they're still a big thing That's, right now. I, I went back. It's <laughs> funny you mentioned that. I went back and I was, and we're going to play some classic clips throughout the course of the next two hours. And I promise we're going to talk about Sean Monahan coming up here in a minute or two. Um, but I went back and I was pulling up some old clips. Uh, and we the Bill Daly interview, of course, is when, you know, and we, he was there with us to talk about the Coyotes and their arena problems. And that was, I mean, think about how many years ago that was now. That Little was Logan. 2010. That was 14 years ago. And it's almost the same issues are still being discussed. That's, Drew, that's, is, when, uh, that's when Drama in the Desert, a daily column on AllelioCurve.com, became Drama in the Desert and Dixie. And the Dixie part was from you, by the way. Yes, and because you were concerned that Dixie was, uh, well, I guess now maybe it has become offensive. They're no longer the Dixie Chicks. They're now just the Chicks. So maybe we've gone completely full circle now that Atlanta is going to get another expansion team, apparently, in the next couple of years. So, you know, Richie, you haven't been on the show in seven years. Do you miss Drew hogging the mic again? <laughs> <laughs> it's old times, guys. I'm having a great time. I'm, I'm just happy to be here. This is a lot of fun. I, I Less Drew, say. more Richie, I would say. Well, I mean, I don't think we've aged at all. Oh my God! That was oh my God! Oh wow! Yeah, to the free press. Look that how much hair best. Drew has. I have that hair. Looks way more, that looks more way more like Richard's brother Adam than it does like Richard. <laughs> I can see that. Wow. Wow. I do look like Adam there. So that guy on the left right there. Yeah, that, I, that the guy on the left. Last time as he wore a tie for the record. <laughs> <laughs> he also appears to be twenty years old in that in that picture there. Yeah, as that he was taken it. downtown, right? Like in the TD Center or something. like No, that, that was at the Free Press Cafe because we oh, were doing right. a a live on location broadcast for the free agency. Free agency? Yeah. Was that the same show? I feel like I was on, at that show actually. Richie, I think that was the Zach Parise, Ryan Suter bought a uh, big contract year. 2012. It? it would have been 2012. I'll tell you exactly why. Cause it was July 1st, 2012, because that's free agency day. It was also the day of my, uh, of my wedding party in Winnipeg. So I did, we did the show and then we had my wedding party that night. So that's oh. exactly when it was. Oh. It was July. I got 1st, so drunk at that party. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ezzy. That's not news for anybody though. That's I think, hold on, but I think, I think Mean Gene has the best comment of the day. How does Drew look <laughs> older in that picture? <laughs> it's my receding hairline back then. Now I've, I just gave up on it. Thank you, Mean Gene. I pre- you know, Mean Gene can't be making fun of somebody else's, uh, somebody else's hair. I'm, I'm not just saying that. By the way, shout out to Andrew Haleko. I'm not sure if anybody's watched the documentary Bitcoin yes. on Netflix. Andrew Haleko is in that documentary. He just posted a chat. Uh, Andrew, of course, is a professor at the University of Manitoba. He's not Michael Edwards, CEO of, of Centratech. So if you haven't watched that doc, you'll understand what that uh, screen Oh, is. so, okay. I was wondering who that was. Yes, so it's not he. He was he was fraudulent. He, they took his photo and fraud fraudulently proclaimed him as the CEO of Centratech. Is is, is what happened in that uh, in that instance? So, uh, you know, 
talk about frauds. You know, he, there's five of us, and there's also apparently <laughs> uh, Centratech CEO keeping on rolling on this uh, Saturday morning, the 15 year anniversary of the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Uh, I know you both, Remo and, and and Rich, have children to attend to. Somehow, in the last 15 years, we've ended up with. Uh, well, at least, you know, 10 kids, I guess, among the five of us, uh, you know, so just any sort of final thoughts from the two of you before we move on to talking about the news of the day, the Sean Monaghan acquisition. Remo, I know you did it yesterday, but do you have a, you know, a sort of a main memory of the last number of years that we've all spent together? Um, maybe when the the b- biggest one was when the, around the time the Jets returned, I think for me, there's a lot of excitement in the city, a lot of excitement that you know, we had started, you guys had started the show and I came on and that, oh, wow, we're actually going to have an NHL team here, I guess. And that was uh, pretty well. I think before that, though, moved from Wednesday to Saturday on 12, on moving to 1290. So I think those started. What about the time we broke the, we we ended the lockout? That that, I forgot about that. That was crazy too. Where It's like, I'm coming home. It's like 4 a.m. and the lockout's (laughs) ending. And uh, did you pick me up or did I cab? No, I, I picked te- you up. I well, texted. Tell, tell the backstory. Tell the yeah, backstory. Reem, I, who, I, who did Reem, you were you DJing that night? I forget. We were out, and it was very late. It was like 2 a.m. And then Richie, remember lock- when Remus used to DJ? He was good, too. <laughs> I saw the lockout ended, and I like texted Dennis Bayak, who was at the World Juniors or something That's at the right, time. Yeah. World Juniors. And he's like, he's like, you should go in. I'm like, I can't drive. He's like, who can? I'm like, oh, Dave. And, uh, and he picked me up, and we just turned on the TSN feed until until people we, came in and we and we Remus and I talked from 6:30 a.m. till yeah. I think people started showing up around 8:39 o'clock but we we held the fort we broke the lockout we ended the lockout Remus and I yeah, we end. Yeah, that, that was a good one. I forgot and about that, that. And that, in a nutshell, should tell you everything you need to know about the operation, folks. That was TSN 1290. There's a reason it's no longer in existence. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the reason it's no longer in existence. I remember okay, that. I remember Remo going downtown as well uh, when the uh, when Stephen Brunt and we were breaking the news, and you you were live at Portage in Maine. I remember that. Uh, oh that yeah, audio that was, as well. That was a good one too. Yeah. Rich, last word to you. You're the founder of this. Uh, you're the founder and to blame of this operation. So yeah. uh, we'll let you. Uh, we'll let you get your final uh, memory in. No, I mean, yeah. You remember the tavern when when the team came back? That was a an awesome, exciting environment for sure. I don't. There was lots of different things over the course of time, um, and it doesn't feel that long ago, guys. To be honest with you, I was thinking a lot about this, but it really wasn't one particular moment. It was just all the shows we did and all the time we spent and you know we were doing saturday shows and and we were doing wednesday shows and people don't realize that we were getting together before the shows in the morning to prep and then we were going out after for breakfast and hanging out or for drinks and we were doing we were you know getting there wednesday usually from our our jobs and then wednesday night we were going out together so we were spending (laughs) i don't know, know 10 to 15 hours together uh, a week and uh, that's without including games that we were going to so probably, you know probably 20 to 30 if not more yeah and uh, I just I just always had fun like it was it was there was never it was never um, difficult or a burden to go to do the show it was always fun and it was and if we didn't enjoy each other's company we wouldn't have hung out before and after so those are the you know I miss that stuff for sure and uh uh, it was a thrill. It was awesome. And, um, so that's it. Just more of those memories. And you guys have obviously done an incredible job growing everything, uh, since, 
since uh, I've no longer been on the show and uh, I wish you guys many more years of success. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been nice to see you for the first time in a decade. Also, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Richie, I had no idea that you had twins. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, thank you. We'll let you get back to your uh, your families and your your respective loved ones. It's been nice uh, reminiscing, and of course, we get we do do we do get together off air. So this, I'm just joking, yeah. tongue in cheek, that we don't see each other. It's still uh, it's been fun, and it's been a wild ride, and it's amazing that it's been. Uh, 15 years of, of this broadcast and uh, all of us uh, integral components of it uh, for now from before and of course forever it's a pleasure on this Saturday morning hey thanks for inviting me appreciate it and yeah, Remo great job on Winnipeg Sports Talk yesterday I caught it you guys had like 13 or 1400 people watching live when I was watching you might have had more uh, later but I mean obviously the Sean Monaghan trade happened right before you guys went on air so you and Huss did a great job. I caught Murat. I didn't see Dennis on, but obviously, you know, great to see that you guys had uh, Dennis on. And yeah, you guys uh, killed it yesterday. Thanks. Yeah. Shout out to uh, the Jets for doing a trade uh, on a weekday, <laughs> not on a long weekend. So it was great. Well, we yeah, preferred it today, but, you know, yeah. we'll give it to you guys. It was yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, we got the line A trade. They can get the Monahan trade. That's it's true. Really, it's only, it's only by the way, I still need a Winnipeg Sports Talk hat or toque or hoodie. Okay, or something. Call, call me. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> call me. Well, I don't pick up the phone ever again. Call me, maybe. <laughs> you know where Thanks, boys. Yeah, Bye, boys. There they go. And we're back. The trio, of course. Big thanks to Rich. Big thanks to Remo for joining us this morning. A special 15-year anniversary of the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. It's amazing. February the 4th, 2009 is the first time we got together on the Kick well, FM airwaves. Sorry, go ahead, Dave. No, I was just going to say, hold on. Remove that comment for a second. So I can show because we have uh, we have a message from someone. Hold on one second. Hey, Drew, Dave, and Ezzy, congratulations. 15 years for the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Wow, that's a terrific milestone and a well-earned one, too. You know, you guys have become a real big part of the hockey firmament firmament here in, in Winnipeg and certainly uh, throughout Canada. I know lots of people that uh, throughout the country and the States and probably worldwide that spend some time with you guys on a regular basis. It's a great show and your passion and your fun. I mean, the element of fun that you guys always bring every week is I think a contagious part of, uh, of uh, why people enjoy uh, listening to you guys. Uh, you do a great job, you always have. It was such, such great fun working with you guys. I have immense respect for you and I hope you continue on for another 15, 20 plus years. I mean, you're an important part of, um, of hockey lore here now in Winnipeg. So again, congratulations. Take care. And listen, I hope to see you soon, guys. We got to do some lunch here soon, okay? Take care. All the best. That's fantastic. Wow. That's Chris. I didn't know about that, Dave. I, I, have, I have a few more things. I have a few more things up my sleeve, fellas. Oh, so stay tuned. That was Chris Brook. Chris Brook, for all those of you who don't know, it was the program director at TSN 1290. Uh, and he was instrumental in us coming aboard there. And he was a mensch of the first order, still is a mensch of the first order. Uh, so it's great to see uh, oh, our man. good that, friend. Chris that was Brooke. amazing. I mean, we used to when we did the show, the Saturday show, and then also obviously with the, the Wednesday show, Drew, NHL this week, uh, it was called NHL Midweek. Uh, that's going back a, a long time. Uh, we used to have our conversations before the show and kind of, yeah. you know, break down how the week was going or what was happening in the hockey world. So, I mean, we used to see Chris at least once a week, if not two or three times a week, if we were doing shows at Boston Pizza or, you know, Polo Park uh, for the Christmas uh, Toy Mountain show. So, I mean, that's great. I really appreciate that. Chris gave us our, our break, right? Like he gave us a chance. He gave us a shot. 
um, you know, back in 2010, right? Oh God, we are, we're old guys. <laughs> like if, 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 if I'm, we're going to get into the Sean Monahan trade, I know some people are getting a little bit antsy here in the chat. We're going to be breaking down the Sean Monahan trade for the next, you know, 40 or so minutes by, before we, uh, bring on Scott O'Neill, Jets associate coach. But, uh, I mean, you know, part of the reason why we wanted to have Rich and Remus on and, you know, we've been getting so many great messages, you know, on Twitter, Facebook, social media. I mean, it, it really, uh, I think it, it you, we wanted to bring it back full circle, right? Like there's a mm -hmm. lot of people that helped us out uh, back in the day uh, and gave us a chance. Obviously, Mr. YouTube also gave us a chance. So we want to thank him, Mr. YouTube. Or is it a Mrs. YouTube? I'm not sure. Not to Mr. Yeah, Mr. YouTube. So we want to thank him as well uh, for the last uh, three years. But uh, well, the guys who started YouTube are male. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, I mean, but I think I think we want to get into the Monahan trade, don't we, Drew? Yes, we do. Like, and as as he mentioned, uh, Scott Arneal, Jets associate coach, is going to join us at 10 a.m. this morning. So be sure to stay with us there. But yes, the big news of the week. We you know sort of as we were preparing for this week, we sort of thought All Star break, bye week going to be a bit of a quiet week not going to be mm -hmm. a lot newsworthy well that obviously isn't the situation the jets making the big splash yesterday in acquiring sean monahan from the montreal canadians in exchange for a first round pick and a conditional third round pick my favorite part about that is that the conditional pick is in 2027 so who the hell knows if we're still going to be doing the show then who the hell knows if we're that's when be salt lake city is going to enter the nhl drew so it's going to be perfect timing there you go so a conditional third round pick that becomes uh, that goes to montreal if the jets win the stanley cup this year uh i guess your initial thoughts on the trade would be where i would start with that boys i mean you saw what Elias Lindholm went from Calgary to Vancouver for. When you look at that return and when you look at what the Jets paid for Sean Monaghan, how do you sort of uh, you know, come to grips with everything that's occurred this week? Yeah, it's a good way of framing it, right? Because, I mean, Dave was on the call, right, Dave? I know you posted it. I didn't have time. There was so much going on yesterday that I didn't have time to uh, listen to it. I just kind of you know read the excerpts that drew uh, dave posted on the the website but chevy i think mentioned that after the elias lindholm trade went through uh that there was more urgency to make the move for sean monahan i'm curious to know how long the jets have had sean monahan in their sights because i i think it's been a while i don't think that just this just came up in the last week or so i think that you know they might have even wanted to acquire him last year but he got if, injured if you, right if, if you listen to the if you listen to what they said that he's apparently been an apple of the jets eye since his draft year right the jets have been interested you know which is what they say all the time and you've been the apple of my eye since 2010 drew so i think <laughs> uh you know i should mention that as well but yeah so i mean monahan look we all know, guys, Monaghan, you know, five or six years ago had the 82-point uh, season, right? Like, he's not that player anymore. Sean Monaghan is not an 80-point guy anymore. He's more of kind of a, you know, 50 to 65-point guy. He's having a good year. But the reason why I like this trade the most is because you don't give up any prospects. Like, I didn't like the fact that the Jets lost Declan Chisholm for nothing. Like, I, obviously, I don't think – look, the Montreal Canadiens have a lot of good young defensemen. You know, Caden Gooley is one of those guys. And obviously Lane Hudson, Dave, who's absolutely tearing it up in the NCAA, right? So I don't think that the, the Habs were after a defenseman, uh, but maybe a second-round pick and, and a prospect was something that they talked about. I don't know. But, Drew, I like the return because the Jets already have a high second-round pick. They have the Habs' second-round pick, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, I mean, you give up a first-round pick. That's what I like the most about it. You've bolstered your, your lineup, Dave, up the middle. Now yeah. you can go Shifley, Monaghan, Lowry, Nemesnikov. 
or, yep. you know, Gustafson or Kupari. The Jets have, you know, I, I'd say top five center depth in the NHL right now. Are there other players that are out there that are better than Sean Monaghan? Like, uh, you know, a guy that's been thrown out there, Claude Giroux. Yeah, I mean, Claude Giroux is better offensively than Sean Mon- Monaghan. He's also got another year in his contract. That's what I like. This only costs the Jets about, what, $780,000 remaining on his deal. They give up a late first-round pick. But you're okay, Dave, giving up the late first-round pick because you're going for it this year. The Jets, well, the Jets aren't just happy to get into the playoffs this year. The Jets are going for the Stanley Cup. They have a team that they believe can win it all. It's a, a completely wide-open year. Just look at you know the wild-card standings in the Western Conference and Eastern Conference. Somehow St. Louis is, is near a wild-card spot. I don't know how that happened. Uh, and then you've got Toronto in a wild-card spot, whereas last year they were second place in the Atlantic. So it's completely wide open. I like the move. Monaghan can win some face-offs. He can score some goals. He'll help the power play. You didn't mm-hmm. have to give up any prospects. A late first rounder, I think. Most Jets fans, they're fine with giving that up, Dave. No, I think you're right, Ez, and I think that's one of the things that you would have to look at and say, well, what is a first round pick? And Jets haven't exactly hit it out of the park. Now, if this pick ends up being 16 to 20, the Jets can do well in there, Kyle Connor. But the fact of the matter is that the late first rounder versus Montreal, still having Montreal's er, what's going to be an early second rounder, it's essentially 10 spots we're talking about, really. So ultimately, and I could go through, I could read you. Don't get me wrong. We could do it both ways. Well, you could read guys. 10 spots you, assuming the Jets don't flame out. No, of course. I'm No, I was saying it could be, I said, that's why I said earlier right. that it could be an earlier, like a 16 to 20, which you don't want if you're the Jets. But of course, most likely, based mm. on the way this team is with Connor Hellebuck, the presumption would be that this is, pick is going to probably be a later one. And right. the point I'm making is that if I read you the list of, people drafted in the last 10 years in those rounds they're not all hits you know people think first rounder it's it's gold don't get me wrong it is but as as he said you've got your prospect pool you've got your lamberts you got your chipperkovs you've got your salamonsons you've got your mcgrorities you got your barlows you've got a pretty good talent pool right now in the organization and of course you want more you want to keep building that but ultimately this is about winning a stanley cup this isn't about just participating and the Jets needed, look, guys, what if we watched the last two weeks without Mark Shifley? And I'm not saying that Sean Monaghan is going to replace Mark Shifley. Clearly, that's not the case. But the Jets needed to augment their center depth. And now they've done that because they've added a guy who, look, is he as a fleet of foot? No, not necessarily. Can he fit in the system and, and thrive, especially? And also, let's be let's be aware that what this is going to do is it's most likely going to get more minutes for Nikolai Ehlers and Cole Perfetti. So I think it will have also a very positive in the sense that maybe it takes a minute or two off of the Lowry line. It gives the Ehlers Perfetti line more time to do some stuff. And I think that's going to be a big benefit for this Jets club. So it adds to the depth. It's what we've been talking about for as long as we've noticed it. Is it the center depth? Honestly, like I said, before Mark Shifley, we were like, well, you could probably use it augmenting. Once Mark Shifley's out of the lineup, now you're like, okay, well, you definitely need augmenting because you can all, you can't, factor in look the Jets lost Mark Shifley in the playoffs last year and I'm not saying you're going to ever replace him because you're not but you need to be able to bolster it and I think that's what this move has done you know I think you make a really good point Dave about uh how this the 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 domino effect of this move isn't strictly Sean Monaghan you know and now your center depth is improved if that gives Rick Bonus more trust in uh, in his wingers, in Ehlers and Perfetti, then that is a big boost, you know, for the entire exactly. team as well. I think that's a very good point 
that you know now Rick Bonus is comfortable throwing that line out there. Potentially, uh, you know, Sean Monahan he's very adept at strong side faceoffs. So when the faceoff is on a strong side, he's very good in that area, and mm-hmm. that has obviously uh, been a concern for the Winnipeg Jets. Never mind the special teams, which of course we'll get into momentarily. But all of a sudden, you know, you can throw out. Uh, that line, which means that Ehlers and Perfetti get more time. And anything exactly. that gets Nikolai Ehlers more time on the ice is a benefit for the Winnipeg Jets sure. moving forward. So And, and he, Ehlers he, might end up playing on the top line, but then you've got Kyle Connor on the second line, right? I know exactly. the analytics favor Ehlers with Shifley and Velarde, but for now, I mean, Rick Bonus, did he not even say that? I mean, he said the line is going to be Ehlers, Monaghan, Perfetti. So we're just going off of, I mean, this can change, obviously, but these are great problems to have. If you're interchanging Ehlers and Connor on your top two lines, I don't think anybody has a problem with that, right? And I think, you know, Drew and Dave, you're absolutely right. And, you know, what this does now as well is if you want to go full trickle-down effect, you've got Nemesnikov, Morgan Barron, and Alex Ayafalo on your fourth line, okay? Not only is that a good fourth line, but look at it like this. Alex Ayafalo has played on the second line, and so has Nemesnikov. So now you have players that were on the second line playing on your fourth line. Now you're talking some of the best forward depth in the NHL. Look at, I think, you know, teams like Colorado, Dallas, Vegas, Boston, there's some other good teams out there. But when if you were to go player by player, if you've got a guy like Morgan Barron or a guy like Alex Ayafalo or Nemesnikov on your fourth line, not many teams can compete with that type of depth, right? And I saw a few uh, comments in the chat, guys. Um, you know, Rasmus Kupari will be your 13th, most likely. And and you have to factor in injuries, right, guys? Because yeah. Gus Bus still hasn't played in a while, right? So Gus Bus is an option. There is a chance, guys, that, you know, a guy like Axel Janssen-Fialbi or Dominic Toninato can, can be lost on waivers. But that's kind of the cost of doing business. If you bring in a guy like Sean Monaghan and you don't give up a roster player, that's going to bump somebody down. So look at so I don't. I hope you're I hope acquiring that. you're acquiring an NHL regular, exactly. a, a bona fide NHL regular, versus guys who are you know, with all due respect to AJF and to Dominic Tony Nato, guys who are fringe NHL regulars. Sure, it's, and it's and a trade. They did you a great make. job. They did they did a great job on yes, the fourth line. I called it the the Mad Line. Some people were calling it the Damn Mad Line or the Damn Line. They did a great job in you know you know 10, 12 games, whatever they played together. But the reality is you've got Rasmus Kupari, you've got David Gustafson, guys that can play center. So, mm-hmm. and, and the Moose are most likely going to benefit Dave from getting one of Dom Toninato or Axel Janssen-Fialbi if those guys are, are assigned to the Moose, right? Yep. So, I mean, this trade, again, you know, I, I know there were a lot of Jets fans that were excited of the chance to get, you know, an Elias Lindholm or maybe a Claude Giroux uh, or who's another guy out there, Casey Middlestat. Middlestat, well, by the way, we don't even know if he was available. You he mentioned was, Brock Nelson before, exactly. Adam Henrique. Brock, yeah, Adam Henrique. By the way, doesn't doesn't Adam Henrique seem like such a fit for Colorado? That's the team that I think makes a lot of sense for Colorado. And now that Vancouver and the Jets have loaded up, yeah, you got to think that go other too. teams are now kind of starting to feel well, a little the, pressure. And the other benefit that we should mention, I know you're going to want to go to break, Drew, but the other thing I would mention, though, is the fact that the benefit is that by getting Monaghan now, he's in the system 15 games more 
than if you acquire him at the trade deadline. Right. So he can integrate into the system. He can be comfortable in the, within the framework of the Jets. Hey, it's plus four in Winnipeg. It's minus six in Montreal. <laughs> I said, I jokingly said when he speaks tomorrow, and we'll have that up on our YouTube channel, that uh, you should convince him. Yeah, that, this is what Winnipeg's always like. It's always it's always sunny in Winnipeg and plus four in the in February. So uh, no, but that's another benefit is that you will get him for an extra fifteen games, and I think that's a huge thing for for the Jets. Oh, hold on one second. Hold on one, one second. Someone else wants to say hello to the Illegal Curve. Hi, guys. Dennis Bayak here. 15 years for the Illegal Curve. Wow. Congratulations. It's a lot of work, a lot of dedication. 15 years. Congratulations. Here's to another 15. There you go, wow. Dennis. Look at I you, got, Dave. I got, I got goosebumps there. Uh, I, anytime we can talk to our wow. good friend Dennis, it, it's certainly Amazing. well worth doing so. Uh, we will go to break momentarily. More on the Jets. What's next for the Jets? Of course, Scott Arneal coming up at 10 o'clock as well. It's great to see all these salutes, but we've had a lot of fun over the last 15 years here on the show. We have some classic clips we're going to play throughout the show as well. Here you go. Richard, when you were in the in New Jersey for the draft, yes, and as it, it's something we've discussed on the show many a time before, you don't when you go away with Ezzy on a vacation, you, anybody, the people in the rooms next to you, yes. tend not to sleep very much. So would you like to update the yeah. the audience about uh, that? The first two nights, we stayed there for five nights. first two nights, it's a beautiful ho- first hotel. First of all, I don't know how you can spend five straight nights with, with one another without you, killing each other. You can't. Um, <laughs> first two nights, he was wheezing, so it was okay to sleep. The third <laughs> night, he didn't get home till six in the morning, so we were fine that night. Um, the final two nights, though, I didn't sleep for more than 10 minutes both nights so we decided we had to tape it tape as he's snoring because we had to show the list demonstrate to the listeners just how bad his snoring is now is this the is that the old tape of him snoring or is that this the is amazing this is from last weekend so this is his snoring that was happening in new in new york on. i don't think it's that bad sure you're <laughs> safe why would you think it's that bad yeah. i mean it's not this like, is pretty bad it's not, a, it's not erratic if anything there's like a rhythm to it I, I love when you say that there's a rhythm to it, Eddie. That's my favorite part of the line. Okay, okay well, the funniest thing is, Drew, I didn't know that you were going to play this. Just like yeah. I didn't know that uh, Dave arranged that with Dennis Bayak. Thank you so much, Dennis. I mean, Dennis is one of the all-time greats, so I don't even... there's uh, Words can't even describe how, how much that means to us. But uh, shout out to jo- Dr. Jordan Hawkman, uh, ENT doctor. Um, I'm not sure if he wants his name mentioned on air, but I had an appointment with him yesterday, <laughs> and he actually had to remove a specimen because I have a polyp. If you guys know what a polyp is uh, in my nose. So it's funny that you brought that up, Drew, because obviously I've had a CPAP machine for the last you know, seven or so years, basically when Naomi forced me to, to get one. Um, but I actually might have to get surgery because I have a polyp in my uh, nose. P-O-L-Y-P if you want to Google it. Uh, so, yeah, shout out to H. I was there yesterday. But, uh, yes, I used to have a pretty bad snoring problem. Hold on. Hold on. Ezzy, we got one more for you. One second. Hey, guys, it's Paul Edmonds. 15 years of a legal curve. Congratulations. I'm not so sure you remember this, but when we first met, it was in Chris Brooks' office many years ago. He was the former program director of TSN 1290, and you guys were taking over that Saturday morning slot. And from that day forward, wherever the technology and mechanics of our industry has forced you to be, one thing has been consistent, that you guys have always delivered a radio program, a talk program, a hockey program full of insight and passion every week and sometimes multiple times a week. You've always been ahead of the curve, almost illegally, hence the name. 
Congratulations, gentlemen. 15 years. Here's 15 more coming up. And I'll be glad to be a guest on it anytime, as always. Oh, man. Go, Paul Edmonds. Paulie. Dave, you're really uh, <laughs> not pulling at the heartstrings here. Yeah, hey, I got more. You I got, got more. Don't worry. That means stay with us. It's the Illegal Curve Hockey Show celebrating 15 years on this Saturday morning. Keeping Winnipeg laughing for over 30 years. Rumors, Canada's longest-running comedy club, bringing you the biggest laughs from the best comedians on the planet. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the greats, and all the up-and-comers, too. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rolly's and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at rollies.com. Hey, Drew. Ezzy, whoa, what a smile. Yeah, I got my crowns done at Linden Market Dental Center and they whiten my teeth. I see. They're so bright that every time I smile, they go, We have hockey tonight. Do you have a mouth guard to protect those pearly whites? I sure do. Whoa, they even ting through the mouth guard. Linden Market Dental Center covers all your dental needs, from restorative to cosmetic dentistry, and will fit you with a sports guard for that active lifestyle. 877 Waverly. See LindenMarketDental.com. This Valentine's Day, heart-shaped pizzas are back at Boston Pizza. On February 14th, share your favorite delicious Boston pizza with the ones you love. Your locally owned Boston Pizza will donate $1 from every heart-shaped pizza sold to the Travis Price Children's Heart Center and the Children's Hospital Foundation of Manitoba. To order, call 925-4111. This Valentine's, share the love with a heart-shaped pizza from Boston Pizza. We did it! Again! You're on fire, man. There's power in a handshake. After a great game or great deal, it shows professionalism and respect. Two qualities Zapia Group Realty take pride in. You don't build a business where 95% of your clients are referred by others without honesty, integrity, and total dedication to client satisfaction. To sell your home for more in less time, shake hands with Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Get started at zapiagroup.com. I have to pay tribute to the chat, as we you often do on this show. The number of people who are making fantastic polyp-related jokes <laughs> is just terrific. Somebody like Richard said, Polyp? Richard Polyp is how you have to name the polyp. Yeah, there, there's a lot of great polyp-related jokes occurring in the chat. Uh, and, and that's kudos to all of you good folks who, of course, join us on a regular basis and keep the chat lively and entertaining. And you're hold doing so as well on this Saturday morning. Okay, hold on. One more. Hold on. Who's popping in now? Oh, boy. Who might have... Hey, this is Dan Robertson, voice of the Jets on TSN. I want to wish a happy 15th anniversary to the good folks at Illegal Curve. 
15 years is a long time in the sports media business. We know how the landscape has changed over the last little while, and there's lots of competition for viewers and hits and all of that sort of thing. So obviously you've done a great job carving out a niche with that illegal curve stick. I'm entertained every time I watched. Uh, I've been in this job for a year and a half, and I've been on a grand total of one time. Uh, prior to that appearance, you know, there were some long nights. I was thinking, I think the job's going well, but the guys at Illegal Curve, they've not asked me to come on. Uh, there were a few tears. There's some scars internally that you can't see, but they're there. But I have been on once, so that's kind of dulled the pain a little bit. So happy 15th anniversary, and here's to 15 more, and uh, maybe even more than another 15. But he's wrong. Dan, he's been on twice. That's what I was going to say, Dave. I know. I know. Shout out, shout out to Dan Robertson uh, for doing that. I mean, just like Dennis and Paulie, I mean, and, and Chris Brooke, obviously, at the beginning. That's awesome. But yeah, he's been on twice. Well, and he's also he was also on in the radio days. Like he was on when he used to work for when he used to work in Montreal yeah, on TSN. That's right. So 690 with our friend Amanda Stein. And you guys know this, but once because I used to go for those who don't know, back in the radio days, Dave would always go into the Jets dressing room. Yeah. And either Drew or I, mainly, mainly me, because Drew's a you know has a social life and he couldn't make most Jets games. I don't have a social life, so I can't I go to Jets games. Anyways, I would usually go in the visiting room. So one night, you know, the Habs are in town, Dan Robertson. Uh, he couldn't, he didn't get record the audio of Carey Price. And I remember I had the audio on my little tape recorder of Carey Price and I emailed it to Dan Roberts. And that's when I first met Dan. This is like, I'm seven most or eight amazed you ago. can email a tape recorder. That, that's the, that's yeah. the most fantastic MP4 part of that. drew. I, I sent Dan an MP4 file. Uh, but yeah, Dan is an absolute beauty. Um, and obviously Dennis, uh, you know, is a hall of fame. You're Dennis. not going to be able to list all the people. There's so many people, including exactly. someone from out West. Uh, and, and then we'll, we'll get back into the jet talk, but someone from out West wanted to send us a message. Hold on. Gentlemen. And I use that lately. Hello from the West end of Calgary, the mountains in the background, things have changed out here a bit, but not really. Nothing's changed there in Winnipeg for you guys. I understand. I was out to the liquor store the other day, got a 15 box of beer and I got thinking, what else is 15? And it came over me, I don't know what it was, but I thought, you know what, legal curve. They're 15 years old too. I mean, you're not 15 years old. I mean, sometimes you guys act like it on the air, but the show itself, the website, 15 years. So that's been great. I was down in Palm Springs last week and Dennis Beck, we met up for a beer with him and we got talking about the illegal curve and how we could name all five or six or the original four. But 13, 14 years ago when the Jets first started and we first arrived from Toronto, the two of us, we couldn't name any of you because one of you was in the rink at only one time. None of you were, like you all weren't together at once. So it took about a month and a half, we were laughing over this beer, about finally getting to know all you guys. Anyway, it's a testament. You know, the radio station came and went. You guys were there before the station, you're there after the station, and then hopefully you'll be there for another 15 years. So keep up the great work on the Jets and the Moose, boys. There okay, guys, go. how, how much time Rick. are we going to talk about that hat? Uh, the, the hat is going <laughs> to get its own show, I think. it's the, There's going to be a whole show Man. going on about the hat afterwards. Like Rick. He's incredible. the best. That, it looks like that. Dan's in the chat there, so uh, or somebody named Dan pretending to be Dan. Not Dan. Way. It's Dan, I'm sure. Anyways, thank you, Dan, for your... Uh, Did you get those incredible... bagels, Dan? We need to know if Dan got those Bagel Smith bagels. That's always important. We'll Montreal style, baby. Uh, this has been great. This is Dave doing great work getting all these clips. We have more throughout the course of the show and, of course, more classic clips uh, as well. Uh, let me ask you guys this. We talked about Monaghan and the acquisition. 
what's more for the Jets to come? Is this it? Are they are they done? Or do you think there's supplemental no. moves beyond this? Because we know they're not that done. They still have the salary cap space to do it. We know that they haven't traded any prospects. Maybe they don't want to. We'll see. Time will tell. But is there more for the Jets to do in your perspective uh, after the Monaghan move? Well, like I'll start, Dave. Like I, I think, like right now, the Jets roster is is pretty damn good. Like I think you can make an argument that, you know, the Jets don't really need to make any more moves. The only thing I would say is, now that the Jets have lost Declan Chisholm to waivers. By the way, we have like that's the thing. Drew was joking at like you know a couple of days ago <laughs> yeah. Thursday. I was thinking, what are we going to talk about? Obviously, <laughs> you know, Declan Chisholm, you know, being claimed on waivers. I think it was on Wednesday. Monday. It was going to be one it was of those Monday. things. Obviously, you know, I thought maybe we would touch on Michael Buble being on mushrooms at the All Star game. <laughs> we still on, might, yeah, we still might touch on that. I mean, I had microdosed as well today at eight in the morning, so maybe you know that <laughs> might start kicking in pretty soon, boys. But um, I mean, the reality is, I mean, the Jets probably could use another depth defenseman, right? Like I've been joking, guys, the last few weeks, like they need to find this year's Jordy Ben. I, you uh, know, Chris what? Tanev, Chris Tanev would be nice. I put me in the if the Jet look, Chris Tanev is a great defenseman that I think could either play with Josh Morrissey, Dave, mm -hmm. or he could play with Brendan Dillon on that second pair. That, you know, most likely moves Neil Pionk down with Dylan Sandberg. Nice little Minnesota connection there. And then obviously the other Minnesota defenseman would become your seventh defenseman. So, Drew, to, to kind of, you know, make it a, a long answer short, I think Chevy probably acquires one more defenseman and maybe a depth winger. You know, I, I don't know... I understand your your the, the the defenseman argument, and I and I don't disagree with you necessarily there at all, Ezzy. But given what they're talking, the the talk of of Vili Hainala yesterday, uh, Dave, in the press conference, mm -hmm. I think the Jets are expecting Hainala to come in and be one of their top six defensemen uh, sooner rather than later. This yeah. in in you know the latter half of this year after the All Star break, I think they're still expecting that Billy Hanala is going to become a regular on the back end. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Jets go looking for a upgrade on the wing rather than a defenseman at this point in time. That's just, I mean, that's mm. just my perception. Sort of well, they definitely a little don't need bit. any more centers, right, Drew? <laughs> well, the the I mean, I don't think you need a center. I don't think that would be priority. But you know, the cost for acquiring wingers at the deadline is not usually overwhelmingly significant. Mm -hmm. So if there are pending UFA wingers or a winger who's got a year left on a deal, I mean, I, I know that, I mean, this would be uh, glorious. I don't necessarily expect it to happen, but a guy, if St. Louis falls out, like a guy like, you know, Pavel Buchnevich to get him mm -hmm. out of St. Louis. Well, yeah, but that's not, that's not that. Buchnevich could play in your top six. I know, but I'm saying if he shores up, if all of a sudden he's shoring up your top six or your top nine even better, not specific, then then I think you might be talking. I don't know that the Jets are targeting. What about Phil Kessel? We've got the comment up there from Spency. I mean, Stanley Cup champion Phil Kessel, maybe. I don't think so. I think at this point, True, it's, it's a joke. Fun. It's it's okay. clearly a joke. Okay, <laughs> there's a lot of people. Who Jets aren't acquiring. They're not acquiring Phil Kessel. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know that it's necessarily a defenseman, Dave. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a winger. But you're saying because you think Villahinola may be uh, that guy that they're counting on. Well, let's I find out from, comes let's in. find out from someone from the Moose. Dave, Drew, Ezzy, just want to say congratulations on 15 years of the illegal curve. Of all the sports shows out there, you are certainly one of them. But in all seriousness, guys, uh, congratulations again. Really appreciate all the coverage you give the Manitoba Moose. And uh, it's been great watching and listening to the show over the years since I've been in Winnipeg. Again, really appreciate it. 
have a great show here today, and here's to another 15 years. There's my doppelganger, Daniel Fink. Uh, he's looking even more handsome than ever, as far as I'm well, concerned. You mentioned Billy Hainola. Billy Hainola was was skating behind Daniel Fink there yesterday in Milwaukee when he recorded that for us. So, look, I I definitely think that Billy Hainola is is an option. I I think they're going to want to shore the D up still, though. I think that you get someone. I mean, look, Tanev allegedly is 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 a second and a prospect, right? That's the going rate. I think is what I've heard for Tanev. Well, I mean, if, again, if you're the Jets and you can get someone like Tanev, I, I think it's a no-brainer, personally. I think I, I actually think that you're done at that point. I think that you've got the He's wingers. He's with the True North organization. He's a yeah, former played, loose, right? That's so, right. I'd be I, I, he doesn't go for a first-round pick, though. That's well, we'll see. I, I mean, I, if I'm Calgary, I'm waiting, right? You I know, think you could be right on that one, Drew. I, I'm not saying you're wrong, Drew. I'm just saying that if you if he could be had for a second and a prospect or a second and a, you know, a Logan Stanley type, if you will, you never know, but I'm just saying like, maybe that's where it ends up going. And if you're the jets and you can get someone like him to shore up that right side, that big aggressive, like physical eats pucks for breakfast, lunch and dinner as he, I think he's the guy, he's your target. And I think yeah. that really completes this team. And, and don't get me wrong. Like I'm sure you can augment with it with a winger at the deadline, but I just think a Tanev really puts this team yeah. on, on the, on the, as one of the top contenders for a Stanley cup, because you've shored up your center depth. Now your right side is going to be a strength, you know, then that, and again, defensively, this team has been good, Yeah, but I just think he makes them even better. I just want to say one thing, Drew, quickly, then I'll, I'll throw back to you here. Yeah. Buchnevich, uh, just worth mentioning. I'm not, I, I like Buchnevich. He's a real good player. He's got 20 goals or something this year, right? Uh, he's got 5.8 million. He has one more year left. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. So I'm not sure if Chevy, you it know, would need salary interested. retention, I think, but from St. Probably. Louis, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. And, and I think you'll have to give up. You're not going to get him for just a first round pick. I think you would agree a prospect. Well, the Jets don't have a first round pick in 2024, but I think you'd have to agree. Most likely the blues would probably be looking for a prospect just to replace Buchnevich. Like what I'm saying is they've got a year left with his contract. So I don't think he's going to be just traded for a draft pick. Just wanted to mention that. But guys, I just wanted to, the reason why I think there's a good chance Chevy would acquire a depth defenseman is it, Vili Hainola, I agree with you, Drew. He could be in the Jets lineup very soon. Mm -hmm. I think you have to look far, further down the lineup. That's what I'm talking about because you've got Logan Stanley, who right now is your quote unquote seventh or eighth defenseman. You lost Chisholm to the Minnesota Wild. You've got Kyle Capobianco. A lot of people are mentioning Capobianco, Dave. Should mention, you broke the news. Capobianco is going to be an AHL all-star. Good for him. He's leading the team in, in scoring, or he's second on the team in scoring, I believe. No, nope, leading. Right? You're right. So, but but my whole thing is, after Capobianco, you don't have a lot. So if there's an injury or two injuries, what yeah. I'm saying, Drew, that's right. why I mentioned a guy like Jordy Ben. Like That's sure. why I threw out a guy like Zach Bogosian, right? I, I don't necessarily know that the Jets... I'm not saying the Jets are going to acquire Bogosian. But I'm saying you're trying to find that type of like, you know, 32 to 35 year old defenseman that can play that kind of solid 10 minutes a game, you know, and, and if there's injuries, you have to plug him on, on the third pair. I'm not saying that, you know, that's a bigger priority. That's all I'm saying. I'm looking further down the depth, depth chart because Stanley Cup champions always have nine or 10 solid defensemen, right? Right. But if, uh, I, and, and you're right about that, that they need to have defensive depth. And, and, and you're talking about, yeah, you're talking about a guy who, and, you know, ideally, if the Jets would were to acquire him, he wouldn't actually play for the team. Exactly. That's who you're sort of talking about. Because if Hamela comes up, 
And so then he gets into your top six. That moves Nate Schmidt down to your seventh defenseman. That mm-hmm. moves Logan Stanley down to your eighth defenseman. Then maybe yeah. you got Kyle Capobianco as your ninth defenseman. I don't know that you necessarily need that guy that you're talking about, Ezzy. I totally understand your perspective. Injuries, that's the thing I'm concerned yeah. about. Right, I mean, there's always injuries. The Jets, we've talked about this. Not one single Jets defenseman, aside from Hanala, has been injured. Like, they've been, mm-hmm. they've had remarkably they've great health. So that's all I'm saying. I'm just saying, you know, that might be something that Chevy does in the next, you know, four and a half weeks, is bring in a depth defenseman who can be your kind of eighth or ninth defenseman. Like, you know, a guy, I don't know, like Radko Gudis. I don't think I don't think Radko Gudis is as, oh, he's got there, a big ticket. Radko Gudis has a big ticket. He got sure, but somebody like that, right? Signed. Like a veteran defensive defenseman that has one year left on his contract, something like that. Well, I don't know if there's any do you think there's anybody from Philly that they jet, the Jets could target? Or maybe someone from Philly right now. Hey Legal Sorry. Curve guys, this is Frank Saravalli coming to you from All Star Weekend in Toronto. Just wanted to send a quick note to say congratulations on 15 years of the Illegal Curve show. 15 years ago, I mean, where did the time go? I was much skinnier, had brown hair, and I was a young guy just starting out covering the NHL in 2009. You guys had me on your show. You took me in as one of your own when I was in Winnipeg, made me feel like I was at home, and since then, so glad to play a very small role in joining you guys on the illegal curve. Congratulations on all your success. Wish you another 15 years. Take care. Wow. What, what, that's great. And uh, Frank's been a good friend of the show for a long time. What Frank doesn't remember, because it might have been a blur to him, is that we were with him when he found out he was going to be a daddy for the first time. Yeah. Yep. That's well, as he, I don't you remember? Was he, that? He, that was like 2013 or something. I can't, couldn't remember the year, but uh, we were ago. we were all out after a Jets Flyers game, and yeah. he came back to the table and uh, broke yeah. that news, and yeah. all of a sudden the uh, Hermanos. Yeah. It was Hermanos. Yeah. And was Drew, now Hermanos? Frank's a grandfather. Yeah. So, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, and you know, one of the great things about you know being on this medium, uh, and everybody knows this, of course, is that back in the day we would only when we were a TSN entity, we could only have TSN affiliated folks so we you know obviously we couldn't have people from cdob on we couldn't have people from sportsnet on now we have no such limitations which we couldn't have kenny on we couldn't have kenny and we couldn't have this guy on which we can now hey it's kelly moore from 680 cjob i just want to offer congratulations to drew ezra and dave for 15 years on the illegal curve you know in this day and age it's hard to keep a show going for 15 months and yes these guys do make the winnipeg jets their focal point that's completely understood in this market but there's also great coverage of the moose and everything else that's going on hockey wise in this province once again congratulations guys on a great 15 years and many many more oh man Dave, Thanks, he, Kelly. Kelly's such a beauty. What a great guy. I'm just amazed that uh, how Dave had time to do anything else this week besides <laughs> that the all-star break and the bye week oh. coincided with this because otherwise Dave would have had no chance of being able to yeah. pull this all there, off. There That's better terrific. be a video of Michael Buble microdosing on mushrooms coming up. Dave. Oh, it's coming up in the second hour. <laughs> Mike, yeah, high on mushrooms thanking us. That, that, although, that... although this one's not coming. This one's actually coming from out east, if you will. Dave, Drew, Ezzy. Congratulations on 15 years of the illegal curve. You started your radio show well before the NHL returned to Winnipeg, and it's amazing to see how you've developed and grown your program to now include Jets post-game shows, 
daily Jets, NHL, and Manitoba Moose coverage on all of your numerous social media platforms. You know, I remember the first time I met all of you in person, which was at the 2011 NHL Draft, and I think it may have been Ezzy who remarked about feeling that perhaps you didn't feel that you belonged to be there that weekend in St. Paul. I also remember responding that, oh, you very much did belong. You've been providing a great service to all Jets fans, not only in Manitoba, but worldwide. And here's to many more years of the illegal curve. Congratulations. There's our great friend, oh, man. Joe Piscucci. That's a great, oh, man. that's great. Just... I mean, they just keep coming. I don't even have time to, like, you know, absorb what's happening here. Thank <laughs> you so much to Joe Piscucci. He's joined us three times this year on the post-game show. Uh, thank you so much for that, Smoking Joe. Let me just play one last. So it's been a lot of fun. We've had our shenanigans over the years, but we've also broken some news and had some really interesting interviews every now and then. Before we go to break and we'll bring in Scott Arneal on the other side, here's NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show back November 27th, 2010. It's proven to be a very difficult market. Having said that, I mean, certainly... When the Thrashers, and I, I again point back to early success here, you know, when the Thrashers uh, were granted their franchise and expansion, um, they were under common ownership, and Ted Turner was was one of the owners. Um, common ownership with the Hawks and and the brand new building there at Phillips Arena, and they basically were using the Thrashers uh, to to sell tickets for the Hawks. So. Uh, when packaged together, I mean, there is an interest uh, for hockey in that marketplace. Um, again, it might be a situation where the, the building location isn't ideal uh, in that market, and if it was it was built a little bit uh, in a different location, uh, again, within the Atlanta metropolitan area, might be drawing better. But those are all issues that are important issues, and obviously the building's not moving. So, um, so we're going to have to look at... Uh, you know, the long-term prospects of that franchise. And if, uh, you know, if the determination is made, it can't make it there, can't be successful there, then, then something will have to be done. If an NHL team does have to move, would you consider Winnipeg an NHL-ready market today? Um, you know, I think we'd have to make the judgment at the time, uh, but certainly we believe that Winnipeg can be an NHL-ready market. Uh, certainly the fact that the, the new building uh, in Winnipeg uh, changes the economics a lot. Our new labor agreement uh, changes the economics a lot from when the Jets uh, left Winnipeg uh, you know, 15 years ago. Uh, and, and quite frankly, the value of the Canadian dollar changes the equation a little bit. So all those factors put together, we, we, we believe that uh, Winnipeg can support an NHL franchise. Yes, we do. There's Deputy Commissioner Bill wow. Daly. That was the first sign that the return of the Jets was definitely on the NHL's radar. And Drew, 14 years later, <laughs> the NHL might come back to Atlanta. Right? It's come full circle. It certainly has. Uh, Winnipeg Jets associate head coach Rick, uh, pardon me, Scott Arneal, up next on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, celebrating 15 years on this Saturday morning.
Hour number two of the Illegal Curve Hockey Show starts now, celebrating 15 years of this fine program. We're thrilled to welcome to the show the associate coach of the Winnipeg Jets, Scott Arneal, joins us. Scott, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. How are things in your world? Hey, fellas. Uh, my world's all right right now. I just uh, just got out of uh, watching my granddaughter in dance class, so... Now I get to move on to some bigger things, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing more important than watching the, the, the youngins doing their thing. There's no question about that. Scott, we appreciate you joining us this morning. Uh, I guess we'll start with the news from yesterday. So, you know, we know that, you know, Chevy obviously acquires and the Jets acquire Sean Monaghan. You know, as, as the associate coach, sort of, how do you find out about that? And then sort of walk us through the emotions uh, of, the, of finding out that your team has acquired a new asset that you can start using uh, effectively uh, with practice tomorrow night, tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We probably started talking a couple of weeks ago uh, with Chevy, Zinger, uh, Larry, obviously coaching staff, uh, kind of who was sort of the, the balls that were might be in play. Uh, some of the players, obviously, you know, it was Lindholm, it was uh, Monaghan, Henrik, those kind of names. Um, you know, obviously defensemen are out there. And then it really came down. It kind of got, you know, really moving here once we uh, finished our last game against Toronto. Um, you know, a little bit of a, an arms race out west. I think that everybody's kind of looking at a lot of the same pieces. And, um, you know, Chevy just went to work. And, you know, obviously we got that done and thrill for us. Uh, you know, I, you know, we all, uh, he, he talked to us all about, you know, what we thought about it. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, for us, it was a piece that was missing from our roster and we just felt it was a, a great move for us. So when, when you acquire that piece or a piece in general, you know, what do you do as the associate coach? So, you know, do you start, do you sit down with the rest of the coaching staff and start brainstorming how you're going to, you know, uh, you know, employ this new piece or, you know, do you sit there and say, how is he going to fit sort of just generally when a, when a new player is acquired by a team, what is your role, uh, you know, after that occurs? Yeah, you know what? The first thing I did actually, I reached out to Sean yesterday and talked to him, and um, you know, told him how thrilled we were uh, to be getting him, and um, how excited he actually is too to come. Uh, he's looking for you know be a big part of a playoff push. So that was be the first thing. The second part is you know for us, it's we've talked about it here in the last uh, week and a half about line mates. Um, you know how we use him. Obviously, he's a guy that can power play, penalty kill. We can use him in a lot of areas. Um, we talked about maybe partners. Um, you know what unit he might be with. Uh, different things like that so um really i mean tomorrow we'll skate tomorrow after two o'clock and he'll be he'll be in town for that so uh we'll kind of let him he'll be pretty nervous i'm sure and excited and we'll just kind of let him sort of flow into things we got another good practice on monday before we head to pittsburgh so scott we wanted to ask you about back in late october of course when you had to take over as head coach of the jets uh, when when Judy was sick and, and Rick had to step away from the team. And then obviously Rick came back. I believe your record was 9-2-2 two two, uh, as as head coach of the Jets. So I, I would say that's uh, pretty damn good. I think most Jets fans would, would agree with that. But uh, just what was that like for you? Um, obviously, I mean, you probably, I imagine, didn't think twice about it um stepping in as as the head coach. But just, you know, what was that period like for the team? Because obviously there was a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, you know, this year was a little bit different than last year. Rick had, you know, kind of um, was out for a game here and a game there. And, uh, you know, it was a little bit different in the sense that, you know, um, you knew he was going to be back, whether it was the next game or the next day. Um, this was a little bit different. There was some uncertainty to this. And so, um, you know, it, it, it was really um, a little bit different. In the end of the day, it was 
it was great to get back in and kind of, you know, be a, the head guy and all that. But I, at the end of the day, this is still Rick's team and it was, it was going to be, and we knew that, you know, hopefully prayed and hoped that everything was going to go well with Judy and it did. And it just, we weren't sure if that was going to be two weeks, two months. Um, we didn't know how long it was going to last. So we had, you know, obviously the players were outstanding. They were um, so professional. They were cared so much. They wanted to make sure that they didn't let Rick down. And, um, you know, amongst us all, you know, Lauer, um, Marty Johnson, you know, we all kind of had our, our work to do and, uh, you know, we got it done and we kept that in sort of the ship afloat while, while the Rick was away. You know, Scott, uh, you've got a long history here in Winnipeg, second round pick of the Jets back in 1981, a player, of course, with the Jets for, I think, four and a half seasons. Then you came back, played for the Moose, then you were a coach for the Moose. So what's it like being here in the city for this long? And what have you noticed the second time around that you didn't maybe appreciate the first time? Uh, you know what? Yeah, I mean, this is my second home. I mean, actually, it's funny because... I've been away from Kingston so long. Uh, when people, I first time I meet them, they, oh, you're from Winnipeg, aren't you? And, and it's it's kind of a sort of a running joke with my family. But at the end of the day, I've been spent a, almost all most of my life in Winnipeg. My wife is from here. Um, you know, it's just a scenario where. Um, you know, I kind of went with a coaching sort of carousel that kind of goes on in our business. You know, I got an opportunity to go to some some other teams to get some experience, got it with the Rangers, got it with Washington, got it in Buffalo. So it was, you know, everything kind of played itself out perfect last year when I got the opportunity to come back here. Um, you know, my kids are here, my my are close by anyways, my grandkids are close. Um, everything kind of fell into place. And so for me, it was just, uh, you know, coming back, obviously, you know, uh, the first years of being a player, being the old Jets was the old building, uh, you know, great memories there. Now this is a whole new chapter. And, uh, you know, it's obviously, uh, you know, the game's changed a ton. Uh, and it's just, uh, it's great to be back. And, you know, I can see the, the whiteout last year for me was special uh, because of uh, the very first time it happened when we were playing Calgary and uh, so many memories ago. And uh, it was awesome to see and just wish we had a gone, you know, a few more rounds to continue to see that. But that was probably the biggest thing, just for seeing that again, kind of getting those juices flowing. Scott Arneal is our guest on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. You know, Scott, of course, is the Winnipeg Jets associate coach. You know, over your years as, as an assistant coach or an associate coach, how has the role changed? I mean, obviously, I think your interactions with the players and how you approach that has probably changed over the last 10, 15 years. But, you know, personally, how have you adapted over, the, over that time frame? Uh, you know what? I think the biggest thing is when I started, I started with a grumpy old guy, Randy Carlisle, and there was that, there was that kind of, you know, like what you said was what, uh, what had to be done. And there was a lot more barking and a lot more, uh, you know, kind of do it this way. I think the biggest thing that I've learned over the last, I don't know how many years now I'm at this 15, 16 years. Um, you know, the biggest thing for me is the, you know, having to figure out your players, how they tick, um, building relationships with them, um, you know, getting the most out of them, uh, kind of sort of some give and take and building. The biggest thing is the relationship. Uh, it's so much different now that you have to have these guys believing in what you're saying. They have to get them believing in how you're kind of approaching things, why you're doing things. Uh, they want to be a part of everything. Uh, they really do. Um, you know, they want to be, have a say and kind of, uh, how things go about on the ice system, line mates, all those things. Obviously you got to you know, how much you allow them to get away with. But at the end of the day, you do want to listen to their input because they, they feel when they have the input, um, you're getting the best out of those players. When you were a player, Scott, did you have any input at all? Or did you just sort of <laughs> coach said no what chance. you did and you went and did it? <laughs> no chance. I had John Ferguson. I mean, uh, it was just like, be here, be there, do this, do that. And uh, 
that's where the game's evolved. Now it's, uh, yeah, it's certainly the, the players are a big part of what's kind of going on now. Hey, we just watched the uh, skills competition there. You know, that was a good move by McDavid. He made all the rules and then he won the thing. So it worked out <laughs> perfect. So, But uh, no, it's, you know what, the game has changed so much. These players are such a big part of it that's uh, in all major sports now. The players sell. The players are the guys that uh, the people are coming to watch, and they're the ones that uh, you know obviously are driven to you know to win championships. And you gotta you gotta have that you know cohesive working together. Um, you know, being a, making them feel special, be a part of it as well. I mean, certainly every professional uh, athlete, especially hockey guys, our Winnipeg Jet guys, they know when we're when we're being when we mean business. When there's things that we're you know maybe either ticked off about or we're or where where we have to improve you know, they get back to business and they recognize it and they do a great job of, uh, of doing it. Scott, you obviously just mentioned the all-star game. So we got to ask you about that. Uh, of, of course, not only are Kyle Connor and Connor Hellebuck, uh, at the all-star game, but Rick bonus is at the all-star game. And, and obviously, you know, you know, Rick uh, better than anybody. He's a very humble guy. And when it was announced that he was going to be the head coach, I thought it was, it was so, um, impressive that he basically deflected it away from him and said, like, this is about the team. This is about, you know, you and Marty Johnston and and Brad Lauer. Um, but, you know, I wanted to ask you just like, um, you know, how special it is for you to see Rick get that opportunity to be a, be the head coach at this this year's All-Star Game in Toronto. Yeah, it's special. I mean, it, one of the thrills that I got, I got, we had a team meeting before a video session and Rick had no idea um, just before it was going to be announced. And I got to tell the players and Rick in front of everybody together that he was going to the all-star game. And so he was pretty humble then too. Um, you know, he's been around the game for such a long time and, you know, this is his first chance. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's ironic that it's, this is his first opportunity. He's one of the, he's got the most games on an NHL bench. And I kind of laughed. The other thing I had to, we had to tell him, we kind of, you know, I'm Marty Johnson and Lau had to help us with it. But anyways, we had to make sure he knew who all the celebrities were. He knew who Michael Buble was, but everybody else, he had to make sure that he did his homework in case he ran What, what about Tate him. McRae, Scott? Did Rick know who Tate McRae was? <laughs> no chance. Not a chance. So he, he had to get uh, filled in. I know his, uh, his kids had to help him out, too. He didn't want to, you know, end up running into somebody and not knowing that, uh, oh, yeah, that's your uh, she's on your team, so be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, I have to ask you about Adam Lowry. What have you noticed? We've, we, you know, obviously we've followed his career since he was drafted by the Jets. But how have you noticed how he's changed or maybe how he hasn't changed now that he's wearing the C? Wow. You know what? Um, the thing I really didn't know, obviously, just coaching against uh, Lau over the last few years, um, you know, such a uh, caring person, both on and off the ice, really cares about his uh, teammates. I know he does a lot of charities and, and, and whatnot. The biggest thing is when you throw a captain on uh, the sea on, uh, on players, sometimes they think they have to be the captain for everybody and they have to go, he has to do everything for that for everybody else. And the one thing that, that, Brett, uh, that he's done a fantastic job of is make sure that he's played his game first and foremost. And that's been awesome. He's been, he's been right up there as one of our best players all year long. And then his leadership, uh, just the way he talks, uh, not only us as a coaching staff, the respect also what he, how he talks to his teammates, uh, you know, just, uh, see him evolve. I know I, somebody said way back, uh, one day he's going to be the captain of your team and and without a doubt he's uh, he's taken on this role and that's been a big part of our success Scott 35 games to go starting tomorrow with practice where everybody's back from the bye week and the all-star break you know and we know and we've it's been talked about that the game gets harder to play over the last yeah. final 35 games as the associate coach for the Jets 
what do you and the rest of the coaching staff have to do in order to sort of make sure the players are dialed in for the final 35 regular season games and then for a lengthy playoff run Jets fans hope for, of course? Yeah, well, you know, we obviously have a kind of a memory from last year that, you know, this exact same time where it kind of went the wrong way on us. And it's, you know, we have lots of guys in the room that live through that. So uh, we have, first of all, we have that that we can kind of use, not use, but also just be reminded of. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's it's every game, uh, recognize the opposition. Um, you know, everybody, when you're sitting near the top of the standings, you're getting the best of everybody else. And there, there's not a whole lot of easy nights. And, you know, we're going to have some races here coming down the line here, especially in our division with Dallas and uh, with uh, Colorado. So it's going to be, uh, you know, every game is going to be so important. But, you know, I think that, the lesson from last year is still kind of bitter taste in everyone's mouth. And they, we want to make sure that uh, we continue to do what we're doing. And it's not, it's not turning something on, turning something off and doing something different that we did in the first half. We have said right from the start of training camp that, def that defending and playing strong, solid defense was going to be the sort of the thing that helped us when it came to the second half of the year, when it came to playoffs, that's what wins. And we've been doing a really good job of that. It doesn't mean we take away from our offense. It doesn't mean we take away from scoring. But when we play uh, like we have been without the puck, that's the that's sort of the uh, recipe that we've been building towards the playoffs. And hopefully for the next 35, that's what we continue to do. I bet it'll be nice to get the full roster together for the first time since the second yeah. game of the season. Yeah, yeah, that'll be nice. Obviously, get Sean in there, kind of get our looks. Like our depth now, um, you know, whether I don't know what we haven't have 100 percent decided, but, you know, our fourth line could it could be like, a, you know, a, you know, Vladdy with uh, Ayafalo and Baron and Kapari. Like it, all our all our looks now are a whole lot different now that Sean's in here. We've have a you know, we obviously getting Lowry back to his line. That was been so good for us with Nino and uh, with Apple, those three guys where they were dominant for the first half of the year. So we had to move Lau kind of out of that because of the Shifley injury. Um, yeah, this is exciting. Now we're getting some, we got some real good looks uh, coming down, uh, you know, having our full lineup together. Scott Arneal, Winnipeg Jets associate coach. I hope as grandpa, you get to go spoil <laughs> your granddaughter. Now we'll let you get back to that. Thanks so much for joining us this morning on the illegal curve hockey show. We'll see you at the rink. Uh, I guess tomorrow we're back at it. All right. Well, thanks fellas. Great talking to you guys. Take care. Thanks, Scott. Scott. Thanks very much for joining yeah. us. There he goes. Scott Arneal joining us this morning. Great interview with the Winnipeg Jets associate coach, really just a well-spoken guy, as we all know, gentlemen, and just great to hear sort of his insights into the acquisition of Sean Monahan and then where this Winnipeg Jets team and roster will go from here for the final well, 35 games. Yeah. And Drew, I'm not sure if you were thinking this, but like when Scott Arneal starts talking about the line combinations, <laughs> I mean, you can, you, can, you can only imagine how excited Jets fans are getting. It's one thing for us putzes you know to be talking about jets forward combinations but yeah. when scott arneal talks starts talking about you know vlad nemesnikov alex iafalo uh, and morgan Barron on the fourth line i think you know you just heard thousands of jets fans across the world get very excited right uh so you can I mean, sort of awesome. see the smile cross scott's face when we, we you know when we're talking about finally getting everybody back together yeah. and all the different machinations that can well, uh, come I mean, from having that depth and and you and guys, we could have that conversation whether the Jets center depth is as good or better than 2018. I think you could, you know, make an argument that 2018 was stronger. I, uh, but I when you can it. when you can go Shifley, Monahan, Lowry, and Nemesnikov up the middle, plus you also have the option of having Erasmus Kupari or or Gus Bus, Dave. Yeah, um, I mean that's pretty damn good good center depth if you ask me. 
No, I agree. And, and you know what? It's funny because you could clearly see that uh, wherever Scott was, I'm assuming maybe in Winnipeg or somewhere, he wasn't somewhere warm, but he was, uh, he's raring to go. Some folks, oh, as he right now, they are in places of warm and they want to send a shout out and love to Illegal Curve from the warm. Good morning from Mexico to the curves. Just wanted to wish you a happy anniversary, boys. Keep doing what you love and loving what you do. Cheers. Short and sweet. But, but hold on, there was—he was not the only one in Mexico. Was there's Kenny another golfing, one. Was Kenny golfing there? He was not. Well, he might have been golfing later that day. But there's someone else from Mexico who wants to send some love. Hola, amigos from sunny Mexico. Congratulations on 15 great years of the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Saturday mornings wouldn't be the same without you. Thanks so much for making me a friend of the show over the years. Cheers. That's the funniest thing is, I asked Ted to come on the show last weekend, not knowing that he was in Mexico. And then I texted Kenny on Wednesday to see if he can come on the show because I didn't know if he was still in Mexico. <laughs> I mean, are these guys ever coming back? Uh, hold on. There's one more guy in Mexico. Hello, gents. It's Rennie here, taking a break from vacation to give you guys a shout out. And, you know, if I'm being honest here, 15 years of illegal curve, I, I think I lost a bet early on suggesting that you guys wouldn't make it 15 days on the scene. But 15 years later... Here you guys are, and not only have you made something of yourselves in life, which was a long shot, to be honest, at the beginning, but uh, you've become an integral part of the Winnipeg sports scene and trailblazers by your own right. So congratulations, guys, for 15 years. Here's to 15 more. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Was that Sean Reynolds or Ryan Gosling? There's someone handsome. <laughs> That was, uh, yeah, Rennie wow. going, uh, wow. <laughs> enjoying the, he was, enjoying he the, was the going nice to warm weather. He was, Sound like he was, he was, going he was to having shoot. some libations, I think. <laughs> That's great. The big wow. thanks to uh, Kenny. Big thanks to Rennie. Big thanks to Ted Wyman of the Winnipeg Sun there joining us uh, on the show to pay uh, their tributes to us. Very, very considerate of everybody who's joined us uh, so far on the show. And of course, we still have more classic clips and more. Uh, I think uh, Dave has arranged for more videos to be aired. Throughout I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to fit it all in, boys. Like that's the problem, well, you know. Guys, I mean, let's, not, let's also not forget about Bobby Holik, former right. uh, New Jersey Devil, one of my favorite players of all time, two-time Stanley Cup champion. Champion Bobby Holik's going to join us live from his home in Wyoming in about ten minutes. There you well, go. Jo joining us from his home in Winnipeg, fifteen years of illegal curve. Wow, uh, Dave. Drew, Ezzy, congratulations, guys. Um, you know, listen, one of the best things about our time at 1290 was getting to know individuals such as yourself, starting great long-term friendships, and uh, obviously being able to work with you guys. Uh, I think of uh, Ezzy, you and I sitting in that draft room in Chicago like prisoners for seven hours at one time, the trips we've had, and obviously all the great times at the arena. But it all comes back to Saturday morning, talking hockey and doing what we all love to do, uh, BS about the Jets, the latest news in the National Hockey League, and have a lot of fun. And the fun continues with you all. 15 years in it is an incredible accomplishment and uh, just happy to have crossed paths with you guys and been able to enjoy the show all the best fellas from myself and uh, the whole gang here at winnipeg sports talk the the wow. stories and as you can share you know the the ones you can share of you and huss at that draft in chicago where well, you what, about the, well, what about the draft in philly no, no, no. It was the draft in, draft in Philly in, was fun for all of us. New too. York, or it was actually in Newark. The, yeah. Remember, we stayed in, in New York. 
forget what drew i don't think you were at that draft I no it's just you me and rich yeah that's the snazzy that's the that's the classic clip snoring one yeah well in 2013 huss and i uh after the draft we decided to party it up in, in brooklyn um and we didn't get home i think or back to the hotel till like three in the morning we definitely are not going to talk about that one on air but i think what drew's referring to is in 2017, I'll tell the story really quick, and then I know you want to touch on the Olympics, right, Drew? Or yeah. maybe we're going to get back to the Monaghan trade. I'm not sure. We have a lot to talk about. Um, we haven't even talked about Todd McClellan being fired yesterday. I mean, everything was happening yesterday <laughs> at around like 11.30 in the morning. I was yeah. like, there's too much happening. Um, but Coach, long story short. Coach Killer Dubois strikes again. Yeah, exactly. Cost Todd McClellan his job. I mean, obviously, you know, it's not just Dubois, but he had a pl- big part in it. Um, 2017 is when Sportsnet took over the national TV rights. Right. And so what ended up happening is Dave was actually supposed to come to the draft because we went to the previous, I think, three or four drafts together starting in 2013 because we didn't go to Pittsburgh in 2012. But long story short, which I'm not doing a good job of making short, <laughs> Um we broadcasted the show with Adam Toy from a hotel room in Chicago because we weren't allowed, we thought, you thought. We, we couldn't be allowed uh, in United Center. But then it turned out all the other TSN radio stations like Matthew Sakaris and, and you know, 10, TSN 1040 back then, TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 690 Montreal. I remember Sergio Mameso was there. Um, Dan Robertson most likely was there. But Huss and I and Adam, Adam Toy basically broadcasted the show from a from a, a silent hotel room while Pauly, <laughs> Pauly Edmonds was at United Center cutting in like once every like 30 minutes. So that was the year that the Jets drafted uh, Christian Veselainen uh, in the first round. But you know who they drafted in the second round? Dylan Sandberg. So yeah. it turned out to be a pretty good draft for the Jets. But yes, I also remember... Uh, I don't know if I should mention this, Huss hacking butts in the bathroom. That's exactly because, where I hope it's at. Because he didn't... <laughs> I was smoking back then too, by the way. I've quit. Or maybe I quit by then. Uh, did I have a, a kid by then? Yeah, I think I quit by then. But Huss was smoking cigarettes in the bathroom. I remember that because he didn't want to go outside because it, it was like a five-minute walk uh, to go outside. But awesome for Huss uh, for sending us that video. Well, and and so speaking of drafts, and this is the last year of the draft where everybody's going, and where is it going to be? It's going to be in Vegas. So speaking of Vegas... Congratulations to the illegal curve on 15 years. Wow. I remember when Drew had hair. I remember when Remus hadn't quite reached puberty and was on the off. I remember when Ezra couldn't get a date. Now he's married. I'm not going to say anything bad about David. I love him. I love you all. Congratulations. It's a remarkable run. It's a great show. I still love to listen when I get a chance. Here's to 15 more. The lawman. Lawman. My, when as he dressed up as as Gary Lawless for Halloween, best. also a classic moment. The best. Well, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this. I actually, the first time I ever met the lawman, yeah, I was a pizza delivery driver at Mona Lisa. I was probably twenty one years old at the time, and Gary was a regular at Mona Lisa. It was, <laughs> it was raining one night, and he asked me to go buy him a pack of cigarettes. I'm not sure why cigarettes have become a, become a common theme here, because uh, <laughs> uh, I don't think Hus smoke. Well, Hus, Hus might vape now, but. Um, Gary asked me, he gave me like 10 bucks, which, which tells you how long ago that was. Cause I think a pack of cigarettes now is like $45, <laughs> but Hus gave, or Lawless gave me 10 bucks and I went across the street and bought him a pack of cigarettes because he didn't want to get wet because he was wearing a nice suit. I think back in the day at uh, that time, Dave, he was covering the moose because people forget Lawless used to cover the moose and the gold. Yeah. Right. So anyways, that's awesome that Gary sent that in. 
There you go. That's uh, you, you walk across to the max, I presume, on, on Cordon Avenue to, to get a circle to K get now, a pack. by the way. I know it's a circle K now, it was a max back in the day. Uh, it's been a lot of fun reminiscing going down memory lane on this Saturday morning edition of the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, celebrating 15 years. Let's go to break our final break on the show. When we come back, Bobby Holik, two time Stanley Cup champion, is set to join us. We have more clips, we have more classic audio, we got more nonsense as you've come to expect over the last 15 years. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsberg, we're all with you on this Saturday morning celebrating 15 years. Keeping Winnipeg laughing for over 30 years. Rumors, Canada's longest-running comedy club, bringing you the biggest laughs from the best comedians on the planet. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the greats, and all the up-and-comers, too. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party. Even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rolly's and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at rollies.com. Hey, Drew. Ezzy, whoa, what a smile. Yeah, I got my crowns done at Linden Market Dental Center and they whitened my teeth. I see. They're so bright that every time I smile, they go, We have hockey tonight. Do you have a mouth guard to protect those pearly whites? I sure do. Whoa, they even ting through the mouth guard. Linden Market Dental Center covers all your dental needs from restorative to cosmetic dentistry and will fit you with a sports guard for that active lifestyle. 877 Waverly. See LindenMarketDental.com. This Valentine's Day, heart-shaped pizzas are back at Boston Pizza. On February 14th, share your favorite delicious Boston pizza with the ones you love. Your locally owned Boston Pizza will donate $1 from every heart-shaped pizza sold to the Travis Price Children's Heart Center and the Children's Hospital Foundation of Manitoba. To order, call 925-4111. This Valentine's, share the love with a heart-shaped pizza from Boston Pizza. We did it! Again! You're on fire, man. There's power in a handshake. After a great game or great deal, it shows professionalism and respect. Two qualities Zapia Group Realty take pride in. You don't build a business where 95% of your clients are referred by others without honesty, integrity, and total dedication to client satisfaction. To sell your home for more in less time, shake hands with Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Get started at zapiagroup.com. Bottom of hour number two, welcome back to the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsberg with you on this Saturday morning. We're celebrating 15 years of the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. And we are pleased to welcome to the program two-time Stanley Cup champion, legendary player for the New Jersey Devils, among other teams, including the Rangers and the Atlanta Thrashers. Bobby Holik joins us on the show. Bobby, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. How are things? Uh, it's my pleasure good morning to you things are great that's great why wyoming 
That's where, as he said, you now reside. I have to ask, why Wyoming? <laughs> it's been our home for 30 years. I mean, during this, during the, my career, obviously, we just came up for the summer or uh, part-time. My wife came up part-time during those seasons when we were on the road. But uh, we came out here the first time in 1994 and uh, about 10 days later bought a, our first home here. And, and we've been here ever since. The proverbial love at first sight with uh, the state of Wyoming. Oh, absolutely. And uh, it's the love gets better and better or stronger and stronger as the time goes on. It's a it's a perfect place for us. That's terrific. We appreciate you joining us this morning, Bobby. Obviously, I, meant, I forgot to mention your Hartford days as well. That's, of course, where you broke into the to the NHL back in 1991. Uh, you know, I, I guess I would ask you, you know, you know, with the game nowadays, sort of are, are you in tune with the game still or do you sort of maybe take a big step back and really just, uh, you know, enjoy it more as a casual fan than anything else? Um, I was I was, you know, after I retired, I did I dabbled in. In hockey media, I had my own website, but I really wanted what I really wanted to do. Or I realized a couple of years in that I really wanted to work with youth. So for about twelve years, after that, I volunteered and I worked very hard. And I think I cared almost too much. And uh, it just kind of volunteering gets to you eventually. So I'm just on a break from youth youth sports or youth hockey in general. And um, every so often, I check in with the NHL, watch possibly or with a friend go watch his favorite team but not 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 involved enough or not following it close enough to really make comments or or be a so-called expert no bobby you mentioned you were coaching youth hockey you're also coaching the israeli national team and obviously we're not going to get into the the politics we want to stick to hockey here uh you know i i saw the article about larry brooks you were a very outspoken advocate of israel which is which is awesome uh, we appreciate that. But again, we're not going to get into the political side of it. We wanted to ask you what that was like. Like, how did that come about? Um, I've, I've only been to Israel once on the birthright trip, but I was in Matula at that hockey arena. Uh, and it's incredible because obviously not a lot of people, you know, think of hockey when they think of, you know, the Middle East. So what was that experience like for you uh, coaching the Israeli national team? Oh, I, I've always wanted to go to Israel. I've been, I've been not, not because of hockey, but uh, I'm, I love history. History is my my kind of a hobby or passion. So ever since I was a young kid and I learned about Israel and the situation in the Middle East and I follow it closely, then being in the States. And then Stan Fischler, as everybody knows, Hockey, Hockey Hall of Fame journalist and reporter, he presented me with the opportunity about seven, eight years ago to go do hockey school there. So I did a hockey school for one summer, then I did it for the I went back again. I had a great time. It was it was absolutely amazing working with the youth there, meeting people, spending time, getting to sightsee the Holy Land. It's just amazing, amazing experience. And then they asked me after two uh, really good summers of uh, teaching in hockey camps, they asked me to coach their national teams. Again, this is all volunteering, so I, I had to kind of think about whether I can fit it in my schedule, but. I really didn't have to because it was a huge honor. I immediately accepted that role and I coached their U18, U20s and the men's national team in a few world championship tournaments. And obviously hockey fans know that they play in a different division than the top, top countries in the world. But that doesn't make any, uh, that doesn't take away from their commitment and from their determination to represent their country the best they can. And I really enjoyed traveling with the teams and with, with the, uh, uh, helping them represent the country that's obviously, as we all know, under a lot of 
I think under probably a more uh, sensitive or kind scrutiny. of scrutiny, scrutiny, yeah, then they should be because it's, it's it's not fair. But as I, you know, I promise you, no politics. But the experience coaching those teams was amazing because these kids, some of them were 16 years old, 17, 18. Some of them were, they were those were their last tournaments before they had to enlist in the mandatory uh, military service and serve their country as we see now on the, on the news every day. And they really, really, they're really, really proud people. And to me, as I said, maybe it wasn't the highest level, but it, it was the most highest, and that's a bad grammar, the best experience, one of the top experiences in hockey that I've ever had. Well, Bobby, that's, that's significant. But I want to ask you about one of your countrymen, because you were drafted in 1989. He was drafted in 1990. You retired 15 years ago, which is appropriate because this is the 15th anniversary of the Illegal Curve Hockey Show today. But what do you think of when you think of Yarmir Jagger still playing <laughs> professional hockey all of these years later? Well, uh, first of all, it's a little easier to play for the team that you own because you own because uh you you can put yourself in the lineup as you please but that doesn't take away from him staying in the shape that he's actually competitive or he can he can keep up with the guys who are half his age and most of them are so it's amazing yeah so yaramir was always top condition athlete he always took care of himself he was always a great professional prepared to play and and win or to do everything that he can to help the team win um, but it's still, it's a huge accomplishment to do that, to be able to actually skate, you know, with equipment on and get him bumped. And I'm sure in practice it's different. There's a lot of respect, but in the game, you know, the other teams want to win as well. And, uh, if they can bump him or take, you know, strip him off the puck, rub him against the board, they're not going to hold back because ultimately they're there to win and not necessarily to pay respects to a great legend. But you look back 30. 35 years I've known him, so about 35, maybe almost 40 years. And uh, we played against each other as kids and played together as 14, 15-year-olds on U16, U17s. He was always, you, you knew he was special. The day, I remember him seeing him first time, and everybody's like, hey, that's, you know, yeah. It's, and he had these plastic boots. You know, this is late, early to mid-80s, so you can only imagine with the black blades and all that stuff. <laughs> but the way he skated, you like, this just doesn't happen. Even us who were his peers, we like, this is, this is not normal. But every time we played against him, whether it was in the Czechoslovakia on the, on the you know, Bantam or youth level or midget level, it was the same thing as playing the Devils against the Pittsburgh Penguins in the you know, conference finals or whatever. Same, same approach. Otherwise, we, we're not going to get where we get. And uh, so I've known Yaromir that he was a special kind of hockey player for a long time. So this doesn't surprise me. And he loves the game. And, and you know, being in a situation that he's in allows him to, to play as, as he can. Bobby, I have to ask you, I mean, you had so much success with New Jersey in their heyday, two-time Stanley Cup champion. You're playing with, you know, for Lou Lamarillo. One of, it was one of the preeminent franchises, you know, when you were there. Then you go to New York and you spend a couple of years in New York. And, of course, the Rangers, Madison Square Garden, original six. And then you go to Atlanta and you play with the Thrashers. What was the difference in organization like between the Devils and the Rangers and then the Thrashers? So I started Hartford and that was, you know, I'm going to throw it in there just if you want to sort of recap the experiences right. in different teams. And Hartford was good because it was a small, small market, small city. 
I came from Eastern Europe, fresh, fresh face, 19 year old. It was an easier transition than going to Toronto or Montreal or one of the big market teams. Okay. So that was phenomenal. Um, the most phenomenal things I met my wife there. So and, uh, 30 some 33 years later, <laughs> good things are still going on. So that was, you, you know, hockey is part of it, but there's also life. So we got, we got traded to New Jersey and the opportunities were phenomenal. There was a playing for a big time team championship contending team, but being fairly uh, anonymous in New Jersey, in North Jersey, you know, there's a lot of, celebrities a lot of wealthy people a lot of athletes living in north jersey so we we all we had to do is play hockey and lou lamoreau who was the greatest boss that i ever had will, will provide us with those opportunities like hey don't worry about anything else but playing your best or working your hardest in practice and that's what we did so the results took care of themselves rangers was a different i i i knew what i was going into but you know, as a first-time free agent after 12 years and almost 1,000 games, you're like, it's a different time than, than the, the opportunities, financial opportunities players have today. So I had to maximize that at the time. And uh, it, was, it was definitely exactly what I expected, but I was hoping for the better. Uh, I think the timing was wrong. The contract was right. And so, I, you know, after kind of a mutual agreement or getting waived or bought out, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it, I moved on to Atlanta. And again, you said it, Madison Square Garden, original six. I think the Rangers, the, with the Rangers across, the, the royal blue jerseys are still the nicest jersey that I've ever worn. I still have one at home. And then, um, so even though we had a poor results, we underachieved, it was a great experience. And then, you know, you mid-30s, and then it's, you have family and kid, and, and you're like, you know, you're trying to find a better situation than maybe New York City metropolitan area. There was an opportunity to go back to New Jersey, but I just needed a fresh start. And Atlanta provided it. And unfortunately, again, underachieved because I believe the the ownership group could just couldn't agree on anything since day one. So the players, the staff, the coaches, everybody tried their hardest, but it just was not going to work out. And I always say Atlanta was a hockey town. We just didn't give it. We didn't give it a proper chance and uh, you know after that one more year in new jersey which was great going back to familiar place playing with players i played before and then you called it a career because eventually you gotta you gotta just walk away and i i literally could walk away so that was a great opportunity for me to walk away on my own terms bobby i want to ask you about uh something a hockey hall of famer said about you back in 2020 eric lindros was taking questions on Twitter, obviously Lindros, one of the best power forwards, I think, of all time. Yourself, you were also a power forward for the Devils, the Rangers, the Whalers, and the Thrashers. Eric Lindros was asked, who was the hardest player he ever played against? He said you. Well, the, I, I think uh, I got his number and I texted him to thank him for the compliment. Because I took it as a huge compliment because Eric was an amazing player. He absolutely dominated physically and skill-wise in the 90s, once he got to Philadelphia after his, you know, draft issues and sort. So I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Rick, and I got to play with him in New York, and and he he got a fairly bad treatment ultimately in Philadelphia. He's a good guy. He wants to win, but things just didn't work out for him the way everybody wanted. But that, what he said, is one of, probably one of the greatest compliments I've ever gotten because I just – 
wanted to compete and when it was hard to play against, I just wanted to help the team win. And my, my goals were never, you know, if I get these statistics, I'll be happy. Or if I get this, I said, no, I'm going to go out there, work my hardest and try to help the team win. You know, I, I did it most of the times, but uh, we're not perfect. So sometimes you fail and you just kind of get up next morning and try to do it again. But no, that was, uh, again, to, to kind of answer the very short question with very long answer. It was, it was amazingly uh, humbling to hear it from a Hall of Famer. Absolutely. Well, you, I think I speak for Drew and Dave when I, I, I say you deserve it. Over 1,300 career games, two-time Stanley Cup champion. I mean, I was talking to you on the phone earlier this week, and I was like, I got to tell Bobby that I'm a huge Devils fan, and he's one of my favorite players of all time. You know, I, I just have to tell you that. It's, it's true. Um, I wanted to ask you, who was the hardest player for you to play against when you played in the NHL? You know, I get to ask that questions often from hockey fans or friends who are hockey fans. And I always say this, I love the challenge. So it's never bigger the players or, or better the players, more fun it was for me. They, you know, the best brings out the best out of you if you truly embrace the challenge. So there's some players who were more challenging than others, but I would never say the toughest because I wanted the toughest. I mean, you know, I played in New Jersey for two, three years on the fourth line. We were, we probably were the best fourth line in hockey. We won the cup as the crash line with Mike Peluso and Randy McKay, who are, I, I, at one time on my own website, I call them unconditional teammates. And uh, so to me, tougher to challenge, tougher to player, whether it was physically tougher or tougher to defend or to try to prevent from overtaking the game, the better it was. But, you know, you look at Joe Sackick's quick release and then Gretzky's uh, vision of the ice and Mario Lemieux long reach and Man Sundin competitiveness and, and just determination. One player after another, there was huge challenges uh, to play against these top uh, or the Hall of Fame. I think they're all Hall of Famers. So I embraced that challenge and I, ask, I actually asked after about three years on that on the crash line, I asked for more challenge, more responsibility. And Devils gave it to me, and that's I think that's where truly I came to my own. The two-way center that my dad was helping to create or coach, and and I believe in inside of myself that that's the type of player I am, the two-way player who can compete with anybody in the in the world. And uh, I, you know, I believe I proved it to to people who gave me the opportunities. So, Bobby, obviously it was nice to have Scott Stevens on your team for all those years, not having to worry about him coming across the middle of the ice and trying to take your head off, right? Well, that, that's another story that uh, everybody's talking about. And I'll tell you what, I did not worry about him coming across the ice, even when we didn't play together. So one of my first game in St. Louis, when I think he just signed with free, as a free agent, 91, maybe, uh, maybe it was a second game in St. Louis with Hartford. And the veteran is like, hey, watch out for that Stevens. He come across the blue line. He hits hard. And I'm like, okay, you know, how hard can he hit? I'm 19, 20 years old. I'm pretty, I hard pretty, I hit pretty hard myself. And I can take a hit. So I come across the blue line and, and I kind of have my head up, but not quite. And I see him kind of in the distance. I see something coming really fast in a white jersey. At the time, <laughs> the home team still wore a white jersey. I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know if it's censored or not here. But I was like, oh, my. This is something that somebody's coming. So I just brace myself. I hold on to the plow, brace myself. And I had this tremendous impact. And I kind of, none of, neither one of us went down. And I look up, he looks up, and he's like, what the F? The, you know, I was like, I got hit really, really hard. 
And Scotty was probably, I never talked to him about it. And he was probably thinking, I hit him really, really hard. And he's still there. So that was my experience with Scotty Stevens playing against him, playing with him. He was a great inspiration every single day. Practice, work, off-ice workouts, you know, discipline uh, in the games, all that. So um, it was a pleasure. I, I feel, you know, Scotty comes to mind the most, but Marty as well, Claude Lemieux, those guys were were great, great, great role models to have right, right beside you. Bob, you didn't play with him too much, but you did play with him at the beginning of his career, or beginning of his career and the end of yours, uh, Patrick Aliash, and he's obviously a countryman of yours. So what, what can you say about him? He was obviously a remarkable player, not yet in the Hall of Fame, but uh, what can you say about playing with he someone like that? He should be in the Hall of Fame. He, you know what? I, as much as I, I like Patrick and I like him as a, as a friend and as a hockey player, I think he was an amazing hockey player. I... I uh, speaking of the Hall of Fame standards, I want I would like to keep them a little, a little higher. You know, there's maybe maybe not always nominate or name play, uh, players and uh, whoever else is get nominated or or inter- inducted because I I think Hall of Fame should be elite of the elite. Uh, that's a conversation for another day. But Patrick was he came to New Jersey. I, I think ninety. I started playing with him in 1996, and we played. Together, first year, he played our left wing, Randy McKay, myself, and Patrick. And, uh, you know, he comes about 20, 25 minutes from where I'm from. Same area, same nature, in a sense of hard work, discipline, and just kind of proving people that he he wants to earn his opportunities. And, and he did it till his last day. And he played for New Jersey 20 years. I played with him about four or five years initially, then came back for another year. But if he stayed in touch, I think I just talked to him a couple of days ago. Great guy, great friend, and yeah, truly great hockey player. And he was uh, his skating ability, his his skills, and just his work ethic. You know, it always comes down. What do you talk about? Great hockey players or great artists or great anything? The work ethic is the first and most important thing, and then everything else comes in. You know, I always when I work with youth, it's work ethic, discipline, uh, willingness to sacrifice, determination. You don't talk about talent. You don't talk about skills. You don't talk about vision. Nothing. Those four. You you get those four things kind of ingrained in you. You're gonna go places, no matter what you do. Bobby Holik, two-time Stanley Cup champion, legendary career in the NHL. Thank you so much for joining us this morning on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. We'll let you get back to your beautiful Wyoming landscape. And thanks again for doing this. Thank you. Good to see Cheers, you, Bobby. Thanks so there much. Thanks. Take care, Bobby. Bobby Holik joining us this morning on the oh, 15-year anniversary. I could listen of this to Bobby show. Holik and talk about the Devils all day long. We know we can we we can tell that you're you're very excited about that. But amen, Bobby Holik, the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Very Good. I've been banging that drum probably for the entirety of the 15 years yeah, of this and, show. Well, and, and finally, somebody backs me up. Well, no, absolutely, and I mean. I mean, guys, over the years, right, like we've been having those debates about like another guy that I've said long said that should be in the Hall of Fame. I think Dave agrees with me. Alex McGilney. Right. And and McGilney, people forget, was a big part of that team that won the cup in 2000. I mean, that was towards the end of his career. Just look at what McGilney did in the NHL and internationally. Right. And that's the other thing, you know, on this topic. More women should be in the Hall of Fame. I have long said this. Jennifer Botterill should be in the Hall of Fame. I will argue yeah. with anybody about that. Um, and Jennifer Botterill, we've had her on the show a few times. She's very humble. She's also turned into the, one of the best damn analysts in the game and deserves a lot of credit for that. 
But Jennifer Barrow should absolutely be in the Hall of Fame and more women, more female players should be in the Hall of Fame. I just wanted to say that. That's one of the smartest things you've said in 15 years on this show, Ezzy. Yeah. So well, hold on. Speaking of, speaking of women. Hey, guys, just wanted to wish you a big congratulations on 15 great years. Congrats on everything that you have built over this time. Thanks for all of the laughs, all of the fun times talking hockey with you. And here's to 15 more. Oh, that's awesome. All we and hear from Sarah. We can't hear just from Sarah because I would want to insult her Jets colleague, Jamie Thomas. True. Dave, Ezzy, congratulations on 15 years of the illegal curve. I was in a car the first time I heard the illegal curve, so I thought I'd tape this message in a car. I was going to do it while I was driving, but I got some real good legal advice telling me not to do so, admitting guilt of an illegal action. So thank you for that great legal advice I just received. I won't say from who, Dave. Uh, congratulations on 15 years, guys. Uh, hope it here's to 15 more years uh, of the illegal curve on, on the air. Uh, it's great staying powered by you guys, considering how the market has changed, and the business has changed. It speaks to how resilient the three of you are and whoever act else is involved with the show. Congrats, guys. Have a great show. See you soon. Jamie Thomas, our good friend, far better at recording videos and recording <laughs> podcasts than he is at fantasy Thanks, football, as I consistently awesome. defeat him in our fantasy football league. So that's my uh, little uh, toot of my own horn. But big thanks to Jamie. Big thanks to Sarah for joining us, uh, as well as everybody else. You, saw, hon, you said big, though, right? And as he does tend to call this guy the big rig. So let's give him a... Hi, everybody. And hi, Drew. Hi, Dave. Hi, Ez. Happy anniversary, Illegal Curve. Jim Toth here, which you might know me from such movies as Drunk Until Dawn and Hang Em I. Uh, knowing you guys the whole 15 years, knowing your program, and uh, just love it. I uh, appreciate you having me on the odd time. Uh, it's a real pleasure. And if there was ever a crew that I knew could last 15 years and probably 50 more, it's Illegal Curve. So happy anniversary, guys. Enjoy. Man, thanks, Jim. I'm just you guys. That- do you guys think we'll be doing this show when we're in our 70s? I mean, <laughs> honestly, like we're not that far away from one of us and I don't want to name names. If you know, the next time we have a milestone anniversary, I believe that person will have cracked the 50 year old mark. If I'm not mistaken, that's you. Drew. You should know when your birthday, <laughs> it's not in fact me, but we don't need to name names, but I uh, uh, just want to, you know, that, that would be hard to believe. You know, actually what's going to happen is our kids are just going to take over for us. It's, I think at some point yeah. in time, we're just yeah. going to be shuffled off to the old yeah. age home and the kids will take over yeah. and they can do the, they can do the show at that. Who's going to host? Obviously, Sam comes to mind. Well, I don't know. Remus will look exactly the same because he doesn't age. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be perfectly fine. We'll just get the yeah. next generation of children in uh, to to do the show after that. Uh, uh, you know, we haven't. We were supposed to touch on a little bit earlier in the show, but you know, things happen, and that's okay. Uh, I guess the news of the Olympics and the NHL—that's an exciting development uh, from. Well, and earlier. the Four Nations tournament as well. Yeah, the Four Nations tournament to me is a little hokey. I'm not that as excited by it. It's I mean, better the- than the 2016 World Cup, Drew. That's true. Best on best is yeah. best on best is always going to be good, but the to me the Olympics are still uh, the, where the excitement level is at, and of course there's going to be so many, uh, and we don't need to get into it. The geopolitical machinations that are going to be taking place between now and whenever these tournaments begin to see you know what countries are actually allowed to participate and what countries aren't allowed to participate, but it is at least exciting that it seems like everybody's on board with the Olympics and it doesn't seem like the NHL as in the owners are begrudgingly having to be dragged to them uh, as they were in previous times as a yeah it's just great news that we're gonna have 
Olympics, uh, Olymp- NHL participation at the Olympics, because the last year was 2014, if I remember correctly. And that's 10 years ago, guys. And let's be honest here. You know, the general interest in hockey at the Olympics is not as high when the NHL isn't involved. Yeah. And so it's just great. I mean, like we thought there was a chance back in 2022 and there was obviously the disagreements between the NHL and the IAHF and the IOC and all that. Um, And it goes back to what I said earlier. There was so much news happening yesterday. First, Pierre Lebrun breaks the news that Sean Monaghan's on his way to the Jets. And then it was like 20 minutes later or something. Dave Todd McClellan was fired by the Kings. And it's like somehow this Olympic news just got absolutely buried. So I'm excited. And this is the main reason why I'm excited. We have never seen Connor McDavid, the best player alive right now, in Mm -hmm. best-on-best competition. He's, what, 26 years old now? And we've yet to see him um, in uh, either a World Cup or an Olympic event. So, I mean, I'm excited. I mean, how how can you not be excited about seeing Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby playing together for Team Canada? It's, you, you, there's no way you possibly can't be excited. And look who's joining us from Vegas. The surprise, surprise, Drew. This Drew has no idea, lawman. He didn't know about this. I had no this. clue. Hi, Gary. How are you, buddy? Hey, good morning, guys. How's it going? Hey, we're right. fine and dandy. Thanks so much for joining us. It's what time is it there? Uh, 8.55 in the morning, right? So Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Congratulations, guys. 15 years. Wow. Thank That's you. incredible. What an accomplishment. It's Thanks, been Gary. A- I was I was mentioning that we first met back in the, the Mona Lisa days uh, when you asked me to go get a pack of cigarettes because uh, it was <laughs> raining outside. That was back in, you know, like 2004, Ezra. 2005. Ezra, what happens at Mona Lisa stays at Mona Lisa, okay? <laughs> You should have known yeah, better. That's than very, to, that's very true. Trust in very them. true. Yeah, you should have known better than that, Gary. I think my, I think my date at the time wanted to smoke. So, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good cover, right? You, you Shout out to Joe Grande. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Our, 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 our respective children can never know mm-hmm. about the, uh, about the days when we didn't have children and we weren't family men and responsible yeah. human beings. My daughter's right? in the next room, so uh, my cover's blown here. It's okay. I think speaking of cover, we go. Blown, I'm pretty sure Huss just took a, a, a hit of that vape right there before joining us. H and L. H and L. Drew, you got to live that vape life, man. Uh, What's I, up, Phyllis? Uh, you guys were <laughs> quick on the draw there. <laughs> <laughs> What's I up? hope Chris Brooke is watching. Like, this is the this is 1290 OG right here. <laughs> it's the dream, dream team law, man. It, 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 it's hard to believe the radio station doesn't exist anymore. I can't figure out why that would be the case. <laughs> yeah, big day Friday, guys. Uh, three years to the day of us all getting whacked. Yeah. What it was? Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. I missed that anniversary. February 9th. Always a special No, coming up, Drew. Coming up. Coming up. It's coming up. Happy anniversary, anymore. Thank you, Huss. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well, doing well. Pretty exciting day yesterday with the deal. And uh, obviously, the main event today is celebrating 15 years of a legal curve. Thanks for the invite. Great to see Gary. But uh, most importantly, great to see you and all the Winnipeg hockey fans hanging out with you guys on a Saturday morning as they've been doing for... It, it is hard to wrap my head around. Like, 15 years dating back to well before we even started on uh, on 1290. It's been, uh, it's been an incredible run. And the show, I will say is as fun and as and, and entertaining as it has ever been. We appreciate that. Uh, you know, we our nonsense continues. We may have we maybe have more gray in our beards, but our nonsense continues unabated uh, as it has from day 1. I always get irked in the summer 
when uh, I'm at the lake and you guys go on your on vacation. I'm like, I'm on vacation. I want to listen to them. They're not allowed to be on vacation. <laughs> You know, our, our wives want to spend exactly four or five Saturdays with us a year. And then no, that's, they don't. And then no, they don't. They do, honestly. <laughs> Slip service. <laughs> no? Okay. Sorry. I was hoping that was yeah. the case. What are you talking about, Drew? Laura's literally like, Drew, do something. I mean, you're, 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 all you do is hang around the house all day long. So you guys Walmart thought about right going about six one. days a week. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell going- this past week, with it being the bye week and there's no there's no post game shows, she's like looking at me. It's like you know when I'm when I'm you know interrupting her TV time. She's like, don't you have something else you could be doing right now than than interrupting me with whatever whatever crap show I'm watching? So you know, I think she's looking forward uh, to the season resuming on Tuesday. How do you guys get this around the rabbi? Like, isn't like aren't you not supposed to work on Saturdays? Uh, That's a good yeah. point. That's a, you, a good the point. The rabbi doesn't Gary. know. The rabbi doesn't. But, you know what? Don't worry. Don't worry, Gary. Maddie Libel's in Disneyland right now, so we're good. Yes. Yes. Now that the libelous one is uh, is the man with the Torah, you're allowed to do whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. He's always been a little bit goofy. Yeah. Rules are made to be broken. You know that. I think we broke all the rules. Uh, whatever the broadcasting rules or, or the, the best practices were back in the day, I'm not sure that we ever really followed those best practices uh, very diligently, much to the chagrin of Chris, uh, who was, uh, we had a, we played a video. You guys might have missed it. We played a video from Chris Brook uh, back in uh, hour number one of the broadcast. So that was. And by uh, the way, thank you for sending us those videos, boys. Yeah, I love it. that, boys. I, I mean, if I can take over here, though, Drew, I think, you know, the question that everybody wants me to ask ask to Gary and get this out of the way because the sandwich wars go back about 10 years. <laughs> yeah, Hustler and Lawless had their own sandwich. Shout out to the Steak family here, Harrison, Garth. I mean, Gary, let's, let, I mean, if there's, if you're hooked up to a lie detector test, be honest here, which sandwich is better? The Hustler and Lawless sandwich or the IC sandwich currently available at Bernstein's Deli? Well, I can tell you very truthfully that I have absolutely no idea because... <laughs> I have never had an illegal curve sandwich. Once you've had an H&L, you never try anything else. Once you've had Nirvana, why would you, why would you go from a, the, a perfect 529 filet mignon to having like a, a, a Shopsy's hot dog? You just, you just wouldn't do it. So, sorry, Us, What was the old commercial? I think Gary went... Even I couldn't finish it. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Even I couldn't finish it. For a long time, they had a little picture of me and my daughter that, uh, at their till. Like she was uh, eating the sandwich. And uh, I don't know if it's still there. I, I go back once a summer and, uh, and grab one. But I missed it last summer because uh, 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 we were busy. We, I, we didn't get in the city very often last summer. Well, the, private you know, jet, the private jet, the, the private jet, just jet, just lands you in uh, in Winnipeg Beach, right? Or uh, in, no, uh, no, actually, we fly chopper. to uh, we fly <laughs> yeah. to, we fly chopper to uh, Grand Forks and then uh, and then drive to the lake from there. It's uh, it's a lot cheaper to do it that way. And when you're bringing the luggage and the pets and the kids and all the stuff that we do when we and Gary, don't forget about the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I didn't bring the Stanley Cup, but uh, actually, if uh, if we were back at the old 1290 days, I would love it now because, uh, you know, when Troy Westwood used to get really exercised about something I'd said, I could always wave my uh, gray cup ring and it would uh, it would silence them. Well, now I actually I could wave my gray cup ring 
and my Stanley Cup ring. <laughs> Have you done the research? Are you the only? Is there anyone else who's got both? There are. There's uh, Wayne Gretzky has both. We actually had a chat oh, sure. about it at the Winter yep. Classic. He owned the Toronto Argonauts uh, when they won. <laughs> What's, what did Hustler say? I just I'm like I'm I'm Gretzky one and I were to had this conversation at the Winter Classic about how we both have great cup rings and Stanley Cup rings. <laughs> uh, um, uh, there's, there's like. Uh, uh, there's just there's it, the list is not very long, and right. I am the most insignificant by a ton. Uh, <laughs> like no, if you hadn't have said that, no one would know. It's not many people know that uh, that I was been lucky enough to to be in two places that won at the same and and have those rings. But it's a cool piece of Canadiana to have one of each. And it's good to remind Westy of that at, at every given opportunity, I'm sure, as well. <laughs> I haven't spoken to him since uh, I left 1290, and I, I, we don't bang into each other ever, but uh, uh, I'm sure he's listening, and it's infuriating him, and that, that makes my Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Gary would always roll in, you know, bring that thing out or just mention it, and Westy would be, you know, it was... Uh, Gary always knows where to poke, you know, that's uh, that was <laughs> one of his skills that was quite apparent uh, well into our uh, early time uh, talking into these mics. Well, Huss, I actually asked Adam Toy to come on, but he's actually parking mm. Gary's car right now, so uh, <laughs> he, he actually couldn't make it. Getting my dry cleaning. He's getting my dry cleaning. He's not parking my car. Oh, <laughs> do you have do you have a person that does your errands for you in the uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, front office? Is it like uh, no. Chance when he's at, <laughs> when he's out of uniform? Go chance, get the dry yes. cleaning, that's Chance. A, actually, that's a good piece of content, Hustler. I think I'll uh, I think I'll suggest that to my boss. <laughs> oh, boys, thank you. It's been a great walking down memory lane with both of you. It's great to see you, Gary. Obviously, has we see you more often, but Gary, it's great to see you. We're still waiting on the invite to come up to the cottage, and any day now, I'm sure we're going to get it. Yes, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's in it's in the mail. <laughs> exactly. Never mind the cottage. You should do a little 15th anniversary trip, maybe down to Vegas at some point, guys. That, that that'll make that'll make the wives very happy. See you nice. is in Vegas. We'll see right. you in the Western Conference final. How's that? That oh, would make everyone go. happy, like wouldn't it? it? There you go. You know what? Let's let's do that. that By the uh, way, Gary, I I still have to talk to you about getting me those U2 tickets at the Sphere. So just <laughs> you're gonna get that text pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. And, and Super Bowl tickets for next year. No, Adam, Adam yeah. Toy is in charge of that. Contact Adam. <laughs> and you'll get him as soon as you get your hotel room in New Orleans at the Super Bowl, guys. Oh, <laughs> oh. Low blow, low oh. blow. Yeah, that was That's low. the low blow? <laughs> that, was a, that was a low point. Yes, that was a low point. <laughs> you guys low, for those- low point. I was the one that had to stay an extra day in Metairie, Louisiana, before leaving on Tuesday. Although that extra day left to my own devices was, was kind of fun. Well, luckily, you're still with us. <laughs> That'll be illegal curve after dark. We'll tell that story. Uh, hustler, hustler and being left to his own devices. That's just a dangerous combo. <laughs> in New Orleans. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shook it I, off. I'm still thinking about 2014 when him and Ezzy just disappeared into the Philadelphia night and we thought to never be seen again. <laughs> Us, I'm not sure if you caught on to that Swifty reference with Shook It Off, but that's where I was going with that. Go Chiefs. Uh, uh, you know what? Nicely done. I, I mean, I am. I have joined. I mean, listen, the Chiefs Kingdom and the Swifties coming together, the most powerful uh, now force in the universe. But I, 
I don't have the full knowledge of the catalog, but I'm getting better each uh, each and every week. <laughs> I've been going down some pretty deep Swifty streets right now. I'm learning a lot every day. It's great. It's amazing that that the Raiders, their brand new beautiful stadium, and the first playoff game that's going to be played in their stadium is against their old AFC rivals, the Chiefs, and their Northern California rival, the 49ers. I can't wait to see Chiefs painted in that end zone. That will be... uh... Right now, you drive by, and uh, the Death Star is... uh, It's all lit up with uh, Chiefs versus 49ers. It's pretty pretty impressive. Awesome. Actually, I have some Adam Toy work. I got a text from... uh, from James Duffy about a week ago telling me that I had to arrange golf for him and uh, the rest of the TSN crew. So I almost have that uh, uh, accomplished, but uh, next, thing far, next thing it'll be Farhan Lalji and Naylor uh, ordering me around to get uh, <laughs> dinner reservations for them. Heavy is the head that wears the crown, Gary. That's what you get for being Mr. <laughs> Mr. Vegas. <laughs> Thank oh, you guys. Man. Uh, I love having you guys on. I, I it was I've been thinking about it for basically the last couple of weeks. We started off together back in in 2011. I'm not going to start crying here, Gary. I promise. Uh, but cry away. I mean, nah, I, I I'm not going to cry. I mean, Huss is. Uh, you Huss told Mess you wouldn't do this. I told yeah. Mess I wouldn't do this. But I mean, you guys are obviously. I mean, we've had so much fun over the years, and uh, yeah. there's no better way to end our 15th anniversary show than having Hustler and Lawless. We've got lots of comments of people loving seeing you guys joining us. So, Lawman, you're a defending Stanley Cup champion, but I think the Jets might be coming for you this year. We'll see you in 15 years, guys. Uh, <laughs> keep up the great work. And uh, it's, uh, it, you know, you're a, a Manitoba institution. And uh, uh, I'm, you know, very proud for uh, for you and happy to call you all friends. And uh, <clears throat> uh, just tremendous, tremendous show. And uh Keep it up. Hustler, I don't watch your show anymore. It sucks. So uh, <laughs> I, I check it out every once in a while. Have a great day, guys. Thanks, Thanks Gary. Gary. Cheers, Thanks, Lawman. Gary. Hey, Cheers. and uh, as as I do have a, uh, a, a gift, an, an anniversary gift for you in particular, you're going to AEW <laughs> on April 10th. We're getting the band back together. So, uh, Man, uh, Huss, you know I'm there. We went to uh, AEW, what was that, like six months ago or something? And we saw uh, uh, MJF's bar mitzvah, the bar mitzvah with, the, the with re- Michael bar Remus mitzvah. And, and Benji Rothman. So you know, you know, I'm there just for the opportunity to put Remus through the uh, announce table. Yeah, well, we we have to go full NWO with Greg Liverpool as well. We'll get the band together, and uh, <laughs> good things will happen. That Seriously, was free. Uh, <laughs> we saw him last week. We saw him yeah. at the at our watch live show last week. Yeah. He's, yeah. Going, he's going Caller number three. Caller number one. <laughs> Don't say that. He'll lose his mind. And Greg now actually has a new look, uh, a black cowboy hat, a black bomber cowboy hat that yep. is now part of the look everywhere. He uh, We now refer to him as the sheriff. I Caller number sports. one was actually the guy from Headingley who was always the, jail? the guy that was in jail that was trying to get a hold of April all the time. <laughs> okay, a freak, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's shower curtain days. That even that's, He's April? like almost minus one, if you April will. Was, <laughs> April was our original producer. She was, uh, oh, she nice. was fantastic. 
I don't remember April, but uh, anyways, that's you missed. Well, because Huss Rick... and Gary are the original OGs. I know. You guys missed. About... You guys missed Rick Ralph's cowboy yeah. hat. You got to go yeah. back and watch the replay and look at look at the cowboy hat Rick's now sporting because he lives out in Alberta. Oh, he's full Calgary guy now. He's well, full Chris Calgary Brooke, guy. Chris you should Brooke see his chaps. Chris Brooke just texted me and said you guys had uh, had Richie on earlier, and I, I and I so I didn't see that. So I will go back and. Yeah. Uh, uh, how's Richie doing? Everything good for him? He's good. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. He's a little bit busy though, Gary. I don't know if you know this, but he's got uh, a two and a half year old daughter and he's got one year old twins, Max and Sydney, <laughs> boy and girl twins. So he's got he's got three kids now, uh, but it's okay because they've got four nannies, so they take care of all that. <laughs> well, that's fantastic to hear. That's we bookended the show. We got we had we had Remus and Rich on with us to start, and we're going to wrap mm. it up with the two of you. So we appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much. It's Thanks, been a boys. ton of fun. We'll do it again real Here's soon. Happy anniversary, fellas! All the best and congratulations. Thanks, Thanks guys. See you at AEW. Be well. <laughs> you got it. So we've oh, had we've had Gary and Hassan. Yeah. Right. And 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 that makes me think. Well, didn't we have an intern at one point for Illegal Curve? And we did. And it was him. 15 years for the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. That is absolutely wild. Let's go! Just want to congratulate you guys on all the success. It's so amazing what you've been able to build, really. Like, when you think of Winnipeg, you think of the Jets, Illegal Curve is, is really one of the first things that comes to your mind. So, I just want to congratulate you guys on all your success. Obviously... IC has a special place in my heart. You guys gave me my first opportunity, and I'll never forget how nice you guys were to me. I kind of, Jesse's a little short. Jesse sent it to me today, so I was like rushing to kind of get it through and get it in, so I got as best I could. There you go. There's our good friend Jesse Pollock now of TSN's Bar Down. He did start as an illegal curve yeah. intern. Now, this so, person was never, this person was never, in, I'm just trying to shoehorn the last few in because yeah. I don't want to miss anybody. Do now, this quick. person, but I haven't seen this one yet. He told me not to watch it till the show. So it was hard for me to resist. I was actually worried, Drew, because I put these all in last night and I was worried you were going to see them. I saw them, but I didn't play them. Okay. I'm glad you did. I was, because I wanted it to be a surprise for you and Ez, which obviously it's been, but here's, here's uh, one of our other friends and they'll have, one or two more, but this is uh, Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun. Well, howdy, uh, fellas. Uh, it's been 15 years since the McDonald's uh, last had the McRib. I've eaten uh, three of these bad boys right now. It's also the 15th anniversary of the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, which uh, you guys don't bring me on anymore. Uh, but that's okay. I wanted to congratulate you guys anyways. Uh, so to Drew, to Ezzy. And to Dave, who I see far too often these days now that he likes to come to games all the time. Uh, happy 15th anniversary. Um, and uh, let me know when you lift my suspension. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> Is that a suspension? I just looked on the list. He was on. He's been on at least once. He'll be on again soon. I literally texted Scotty. People, people don't necessarily know this, but like we don't all always get our first choice, right? Scotty is always our first choice, but I texted him last week. So I'm sure he's going to be on next week or, or the week after, but uh, thanks to Scotty for that. And thank you to my third cousin, Jesse Pollock as well, who's absolutely killing it at the all-star game. If you don't follow Jesse on, you know, X or TikTok or whatever, I think he's got like, 500,000 followers or something on TikTok. Yeah, very... And only 498,000 of them hate him. Want to tweet with an anti-Semitic response. So that's all. Yeah, exactly. Exciting. Yeah. Well, no. Jesse's killing it. I just think people are jealous. 
I, I mean, or, I was or just assholes and, 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 you know, either way. I was just going to say, but you know, like this has been about cheer and like this show has been very cheerful and we've been cheering each other on folks have been che- coming and cheering us on. So speaking of cheers, I mean, this guy brings a lot of cheers to the folks. You might recognize him as Cameron cheers, the guy who does the shirts and stuff like that, but he had a message for illegal curve. What's your buddy Cameron Hughes. I want to say a big cheer and congratulate you for 15 years of the illegal curve hockey show for 15 years you've done a show that's illegal that's had a curve in it about hockey and you've turned it into a show for 15 years and that is something that is mighty impressive worth celebrating you've got viewers across the world you've brought in people you've connected people you've shared your knowledge your passion with so many different people and that is a win that is a win 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 and i know as a creative person, putting yourself out there isn't always easy. The challenges, the highs and lows. Should we keep doing this? How do we do this? But you did it. You're doing it. 15 years of the illegal curve hockey show. The illegal. I don't know what's illegal about it, but I like it. And I appreciate your support. Continued success. I can't wait to see you guys soon. Celebrate. Big cheer. Oh, man, what, that's what awesome. What I want to know is how much money Dave spent on Cameo putting these no, together. No, none. That, none. That was Cam. We know Cam, of course, because he, of course, does all the cheers and gets folks out of the crowd when he does the T-shirts. And, and you know, look, he, he's a success story in himself. He's an Ottawa guy, and uh, he's created a career essentially going around to various sporting events. He's actually He actually did that video, boys, in Prague at like 5 in the morning. Um, so that was nice of him to do. He'd been on a plane. It was very, he was very amped to do it right away. So a uh, big shout out to camp for doing it, for joining us. I appreciated that. And I have one more last one. We've got through them all. And I, I thank everybody for, for obviously Adam it. toy, right? No, <laughs> no. Someone a little bit higher up. Someone that most Manitobans or Winnipeggers are going to know. Hey, Drew, Ezra and Dave just wanted to wish you a happy 15th anniversary on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. And I want to say as a fan, thank you for bringing the Jets to us consistently in conversation about the team that we love. Uh, It's really important. We know that in this town, the Jets are a key part of civic pride. And no doubt this week, you'll be talking about Monaghan and that great deal for the Jets. Really thrilled to see that happen. But as a guy who's been sitting in the top row of the 300s since the Jets came back, I want to say thank you again and wish you a happy 50th, 15th, how old are these guys? 15th. Fantastic. Wow. His worship, Mayor Scott Gillingham. Wow. Giving us out some love. I That's am, fantastic. Wow, I'm blown away. Thank you so much to our mayor uh, for that. that. Dave, hey, you killed it. I had no idea. I guess Drew had an idea. I kept Hustler and Lawless under wraps. Uh, obviously, I kept Richie and Remus under wraps for the public. Uh, but that's pretty awesome that we got the mayor on. Thank you so much to Mayor Scott Gillingham for that. That means a lot. That is, you know, this, that's this, it. I got no more. You got no more, Dave. You're done. I got nothing left. That's great. You've done a great job. Ezzy, you did a great job. I did an adequate job. That's usually the best yeah. you can get from me. Mediocre. All of you in the chat have done a great job since we, you did, did a great job today. You've done a great job since we uh, moved to this platform. It's been a wild 15 years. Uh, it really has been. I'm not even sure where the time has gone. The memories, most of the stories we're not really able to tell on air, but that's okay. We were able to tell a few of them on air, but that's just because we've had so much fun together for the past 15 years. And you've been all an integral part of it because if it wasn't for you tuning in either on radio or on YouTube or on podcasts, 
it wouldn't exist. And we yeah. say a big thank you to our sponsors as well. They Come on, Frosty. Let's go. Integral part of it as well. Our friends, of course, at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Grid Park, Linden Market Dental Center, Zapia Group Realty, Betway, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, and, of course, Farmery Beer, home of Illegal Curve Lager. Just thanks to them. Thanks to you. Ezzy, you want to say one more thing real quick? Go for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know we've gone late here. It's, uh, I think, around 11.15, 11.16 here. I mean, I just want to say on behalf of Drew, Dave, Richie, and Remus, I mean, thank you to everybody who watches the show live or watches the replay or listens to the podcast, the chat. I'm looking at you, chat. Get some comments up there, Dave or Drew, while I get emotional here. But, I mean, three years ago when the radio station shut down, Dave, Drew, and I weren't sure if we were going we were gonna to continue doing the show. And it was the fans that kept us going. We got emails. We got texts. We got phone calls for people from people telling us. You guys remember that back in 2021. People were sending us messages from all over North America, really, um, saying that you got to keep the show going. And that was during COVID. That was right in the middle of COVID. We weren't sure if we were, we were going to keep it going. So it was you guys, the people who watch the show every week. You guys and you gals. Guys you guys and, and you gals. gals. That's, That's right. why I say folks. You yes. folks. Okay, let's go with folks. Y'all. You can go with y'all. Yeah. As he, you know. All of y'all. You spell it right. Yeah, we'll go south to Kentucky here. All of y'all who watch the show and you send us your emails and, you know, we run into you. You know, I run into people every so often. It's usually uh, 30 plus year old dudes, but that's okay. People, you know, telling us that they love the show. They listen every week. It's you guys and gals. And gals. You guys keep us going. <laughs> He's a quick learner, folks. He's a quick yeah. learner. Yeah. So it's, it means a lot to us. 15 years is long. And, but I just, that's the most important. And obviously, you know, thanks to our families, uh, you know, Laura, Naomi, Sylvia, our kids, you know, our, our close friends for all the support over the years. I mean, we love doing this. We wouldn't do it if we didn't love doing it. And uh, so that's what I wanted to say. Well said, Ginsburg. Uh, Put on your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Now, I'm kidding. I won't really be doing a Manuk Moose Minute, but I wanted to steal and get one minute of my own because as he spoke, and he spoke eloquently, loved what Ez had to say, but I want to give... I want to give a thanks because, you know, I mean, I've spent every day, every Saturday, every Wednesday with you guys. I haven't missed a show in 15 years, as everybody <laughs> knows. And of course, let's not forget, while the show is 15 years, as you reminded me this morning, the website, 17 years already, 2007 is our incorporation. So, uh, but as is right, I mean, it's, and it's Hustler brought it up. I think it's appropriate given the fact that, you know, this week or in six days would have been the anniversary of when 1290 shut down. And I remember talking to the boys and I was like, we're not missing a beat. We're going to keep this thing going and we're going to do our Saturday show. Over 600 of you joined us that Saturday. We've had over 600 today joining us for this Saturday show. Um, so it's it. What's that? We've got the comment up. St Spencey apparently had no idea that we had a website. Ah, yes. It's called allelecurve.com, Spence. He's got all the latest Jets and Moose news, in case you were wondering. Sometimes other news, but generally speaking, it's Jets and Moose. But uh, no, I want to thank everyone, because when we switched to this format, we didn't know what it was going to be like, and it is exponentially better than being on the radio. There's no question. I mean, other than yeah. having to stare at these two baboons, but like the comments, the commentary, the chat, that kind of thing is is so uplifting, and it's so... Uh, rewarding to see in the growth in the channel. All of you are subscribing, I'm sure. So let's make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube channel. 
but but that to me is so validating and and we get so much out of what you guys bring and gals bring every oh. single Saturday or when we're doing the show after every Jets game. So on behalf of myself, I want to thank everyone for what you guys do. And of course, for coming to IllegalCurve.com on multiple times per day, the most updated Jets moose place you're going to find on the internet. How, how can I follow what David, as he said? I can't. I'm not going to try. Tuesday night, around 845, the we Jets back. and the Pittsburgh Penguins, the post-game show. We took the, you know, we've been off for a week. It feels like we've been off for 10 weeks. We'll be back Tuesday night with the Jets and the Penguins. And, of course, for the final 35 games and however long the playoff run lasts. And, of course, every Saturday here on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Thanks to all of you. Thanks to all the people who joined us and sent in videos. Mwah. Big thanks to Scott Arneal. Big thanks Mwah. to Bobby Holik, in case you missed any of that. The instant replays on the YouTube channel. The podcast will be up shortly. Be sure to tell all your friends and all your family the best place to be after each and every Winnipeg Jets game. And again on Saturday mornings is the Illegal Curve YouTube channel. For Ezra Ginsberg, for Dave Manouk, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. For the past 15 years and for 15 more years, at the very least, if it's Saturday, it's the Illegal Curve Hockey Show live on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.